Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside Mekatik Party Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. Along with special guests, Daniel Lamyong. Hi, good day. Tracy Hutchins. Hey, Merry Matrixmas. Yes. <laughs> CC Lilford. Have you ever had a dream that... Uh, I'll get to that later. Yeah, that, that you thought was real something, something. Uh, I forget the quote. And uh, first timer to the show here... Uh, screenwriter, director, producer, Ooh. I think, and just all around cool guy, Michael Rochford. I think he acted too, you know. Sometimes. Hello. Sometimes, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I don't know there was that one time, that one time, which indeed you right, but that, that's another story for another day. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. This is actually the, uh, the penultimate episode of uh, this season one here. And today we have two shows to talk about. We're going to talk about season one of Hawkeye. Um, Ricardo and I, we actually talked about the first two episodes when they when they premiered on Disney+. Plus. And afterwards, we will talk about The Matrix Resurrections, which is easily one of the most, if one of, if not the most highly, um, highly anticipated movies of you know the Christmas season here. Uh, we're going to do a spoiler-free, you know, just like general opinion of the show, and then we're going to get into spoiler-heavy stuff, just stuff that we, you know, just, just you know, things that took place in the movie, of course, right? Stuff that we like, stuff that we didn't like, and uh, particularly stuff that we didn't understand. <laughs> and we will end off with our, you know, just final <laughs> thoughts and rating. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm serious. There's, there's things in it that I, that I wanted to understand, but I... I just do Oh yeah. It had nothing. No. It had nothing that was too uh, unclear to me. Um, you know, you okay. could talk about. You know, I could have followed, but again, I'm I'm probably the closest thing to a matrix expert here. So well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that, that's that's why we have you here, man. That's why we have you here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So. Um, that's just comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna eat my snacks and shut my face. That's. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> All right, so let's kick things off with uh, Hawkeye. You know what I mean? I'm a money-making guy, right? If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Screw Dubai, <laughs> right? You know, early 2000s, right? Those those were fun times. Right, so this is a six-part miniseries from, you know, Marvel Studios and Disney+. Plus. This is actually the final TV series that we've gotten this year as, far, as part of the uh, Phase 4 stage of the MC releases. Um, you know, and we've 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 covered you know the the the, the previous shows, right? We, you know, start off with Hawk. Sorry, oops. Start off with Wonder Vision, then Falcon and Winter Soldier, then Loki, then What If, and now we have Hawkeye, right? Uh, Ricardo and I we talked about the first two episodes of it. So, um, seeing that we we saw the whole season proper, um, if you don't mind, Ricardo, just wanna just run through what this um season as a whole was about. Yeah, well, so basically it's a fallout from the events of Avengers Endgame from Hawkeye's perspective. Um, what we saw in Avengers Endgame is, you know, I made the joke, you know, Thanos snapped and, you know, Clint snapped as well, right? Uh, <laughs> basically, um, what happens is that he, well, he, he went under the moniker of, uh, oh God, what's his name? Ronin. 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 Yeah, and basically he just kind of went, he went postal. He basically just went postal on all the crime, all the under, underworld people, and basically it linked to a certain character in this um, and follow through with that. And basically it's something about involving not only, well, um, involving his, his Marcus Ronin, um, who, a bunch of players and, and set pieces who involved with that. Uh, also someone else connected to something connected since I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, 
someone connected to something involving basically a watch. And we, we learn, you know, what that is about. Um, this also introduces Kate Bishop, right? Basically, the ascended fangirl of the series. Um, she saw Hawkeye in the events of 2012's Avengers, and basically, um, she kind of enamored with him and kind of tried to emulate and follow follow through him. And I basically did the relationship between Kate and Clint, and they're bouncing off each other. I mean, they introduce a bunch of other characters, a character by the name of Maya, this deaf, deaf I think she's missing a leg as well, girl who's also connected to the underworld. And then we get extra stuff that is underworld stuff that I can't mention, but, you know, it's, like, pretty awesome. And it's connected to Spider-Man No Way Home. That's all I'll say. That's the only spoiler. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, not, yeah, not well, really. We, we, we'll try. Connected in a vague yeah, sense. We, we, we'll <laughs> try to keep things. In a very vague that's... sense, but, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we will try not to not to give out too much spoilers, but um, just letting you know one time, guys, we we, we kind of have to spoil a few things, right? Because you I know, we, we kind of have to. Possible to talk about this in a meaningful way, don't spoil it. I was saying, let CC and, and Michael shut their eyes. <laughs> no, I'll uh, be f- I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I, I'm a big. I turn off. I turn off. Turn off. No, I mean, if if you want to hear spoilers, fine, but it's big spoilers. I mean. Uh, you said it was spoiled for you on the internet, so I don't know why it is. Yeah, a lot of stuff got spoiled on the internet. Yeah, it's very difficult to just exist on a space. And then right. you're scrolling, minding your own business, when suddenly, hey, what about that major plot point? What do we all think of that? And I'm like, oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want <laughs> listen, if you don't, like, like, it was kind of ridiculous, especially with What If, eh? Um, how yeah. literally, literally within hours, like, what, this stuff <laughs> would drop two o'clock? 3 a.m. it would drop, and then by, by 5 a.m. everything done spoil. Like that man just <laughs> listen the internet. Like, listen, oh, the, cottage, crazy, the cottage industry around around Disney and Marvel is ridiculous. I go. I don't <laughs> want to know what, what gonna happen with Bobo Fett. Oh gosh, that's gonna be ridiculous. Oh well, yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that's that, that my one. Ears. I'm gonna have to, that one. I'm gonna watch as it comes out. I can't you wait know? on that one because yeah, I can't, know. It, I can't wait. It, 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 it's ridiculous. Everybody had to get his scoop. No. Whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it's, a, it's a solid... I, I, okay, so that's my, my quick opinions about this, uh, the series as a whole. Um, I really dug it. Um, you know, Clint and K- Kate, uh, Kate and Clint um, really bounced off each other really, really well. Um, you know, she really works as Ascended Fangirl. That's why she works so well. Uh, it's She's in the universe and also uh, an author, right, and uh, uh, basically the audience of the universe as well. Um, she's the audience surrogate. She tells all the, the the dumb jokes and statements, but she actually makes a lot of sense as a characterization on her own. And they in the in the last episode they explain why she's a fan of Hawkeye, and it's a great explanation. I love it. A uh, good good character beat there. Um, a little too many jokey jokes, uh, but you know it's fine as in jokes that kind of stop the action, especially in that final episode. Um, I'm not gonna say too much involving emotional arcs. All I'll say is that the emotional arc of a of the character of Maya could have been handled a little better. That felt a little bit, a bit rushed in my opinion. Um, the reveal involving a certain character and the watch, I thought was expected. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything more, but I, I really thought it was going to be something else um, plot-wise, but that, that wasn't the case. It does connect to something else in, in early MCU continuity, but we're still not sure if it's full MCU continuity. That's basically Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they reveal oh. a character... Is a name, so it's like, ah, but we already got that in Agents of Shield. So, what's the overlap here? Is there is there a continuity bluff, or is there non is something treated as non-canon just to make sense of that? Um, I have a theory, but I'll talk about that after this is over. Right. The multiverse. Um, yeah, and, and it, sorry. Go ahead. The multiverse. Well, multiverse. yeah, kinda, kinda, kinda. But no, but it, it, you, 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 you can explain it perfectly well without the multiverse. Like what what was revealed there. 
Um, all I'll say is I'm number 19, right? That's all you need to know. So if you're a super nerd, you'll pick up on it. <laughs> um, that's about it. Uh, if Atom mentioned the, the uh, you know, the, the elephant in the room and probably literally sized uh, going there. That's, I, I can't yeah, I was going to use that too. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I was going to mention white elephant in the room or white jacketed elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> so that's about it. Uh you know, it, it's I, I didn't love it as much as the other MCU um, TV stuff, right? Um, but it's still solid material, mostly because it just works as a smaller character beat, and they just do the, the Shane Black style Christmas stuff, which works. Like it's funny, okay. it's it's legitimately again the characterization is what is what it sells. And yeah, um, you know, uh, Clint Barton holds it together. You know, he's he's like um, Jeremy Renner, right? He's 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 a really really charismatic and funny. He, he plays it straight. What they do with his character, I, I really like. It's just him trying to just lay lay low and like not not mess around with any of this. And I, I really enjoyed a lot of that. A lot of great little side characters like the Lapers and and Swordsman and you know all these little other people. Uh, I enjoy all of that. Um, what they do with the finale and, and the reveal at the end, I I, I liked. Um, there is the the end in itself. Again, if we'll, we'll spoil it, but basically, it's, it might piss off the fanboys a little bit. But I think, I think going forward, we not, it's not gonna like wrap things up like that. I, 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 you know, because it's also a thing in the comics. So yeah, whatever. Um, that's about it. Yeah, uh, rating uh, about a six out of ten, closer to a seven. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't love it, love it because I still say it felt a little too TV, TV. Um, in terms mm. of the action and, and some of the fights. Um, except for that last action sequence, that last final big action sequence involving a bunch of trick arrows, pretty awesome. I enjoy a lot of that. Uh, but that's about it. Um, yeah, you know, six out of ten, you know, closer to seven, but yeah, uh, that's about it for me. All right, well, since we're doing, um, you know, final, well, sorry, returns and stuff like that, I'll give mine, you know, after I just share my quick thoughts, right? Um, I would say similar to, you know, the, the other live action, um, MCU shows, this is one that works very, very, very well. I should say even better than watching it on a weekly basis. Uh, if you just binge it, right. Cause, um, cause that's what I did. Like normally, you know, like a day before the, the finale drops, I just kind of just binge the previous episodes and I find that they work a lot better watching them play out as like a, a continuous story, you know, as opposed to just watch it by week, by week, by week. And like, oh yeah, that happened. That happened. Oh, I forgot about this. Right. I take it. You know, it's the same with the other um, the other shows, right? Um, but yeah, I would say like the first couple episodes, you know, it's it's not wonky, but it just kind of takes a while for you to, you know, for for the story to really set up though. But from there, though, it just kind of, um, you know, it just kind of goes off from there, and it's just like it's just like enjoyable throughout though. And I would say as far as the the the, the finale itself goes, it is one of the better finales that we've gotten this year as far as the um, the MCU goes, right? Um, the TV shows go, I must say. Um, I do appreciate the sort of grounded in reality, quote-unquote, vibe of the show. Um, the Christmas taunted works brilliantly, in my opinion. And I mean, the joke on Facebook, you know, leave it to Marvel to actually get the, um, the holiday, to get me into the holiday spirit. Because, yeah, watching <laughs> the show, I was like, yeah, you know, you, you, you feel it, right? Um, it, 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 it does, it does, it is very reminiscent of, you know, classic uh, Christmas um, films and TV shows, uh, particularly in the anti-Christmas route where, you know, it's just, just about, you know, the decorations and the Christmas songs. But, 
You had to deal with, you know, being away from your family. You had to deal with grief. You had to deal with loss, right? You know, things that, you know, deep down inside, we, we, we kind of feel. And, you know, especially with times being what you are, you kind of feel them around this time now. So you have this kind of cynicism about the, the, the season itself, right? But something or someone always comes in the way and be like, yeah, just wisen up and smile or whatever it is. Now. So you feel it, right? You feel that warmth. And that's what the show gave me, right? Um, performances, I thought, were great, though. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Renner really does shine as Clint, though. Even though he does kind of come off like... It, Leon, like, dude, I really don't want to be here. Don't you? Like, look, like I'm, I'm Hawkeye. Like, anybody cares about me? But one right. thing this show really needs is that, I did, well, I would say through it all. Like, when you finish the season, yeah, you will give a shit about the, about Hawkeye, Jen. You will, because okay. you really go into detail as to why yeah. he is so damaged and you know the stuff that he okay. went through. Um, and I mean, not really a spoiler, but it involves the death of Black Widow in Endgame, right? right? Um, him yep. dealing with that loss, right? And you know okay. just how they how they delve into it was was brilliant um also um hearing loss as well too which caught me by surprise but they actually explained in a really hilarious but really dark way why that happened right and i love how it connects to with the character of uh maya right um who as ricardo say is deaf right and points for the the sound mixing that they do here especially in episode three where she's fully introduced to because they do a lot of great like sound work here especially with um having to read lips and you know um using well you know esl and all that kind of stuff just how they how they sound up is um it works right and it really does some of this great team of um you know communication because there's a great moment actually with uh, with him and um and kate right who i'll get into a bit and she's seeing something, but he can't hear what she's what she's seeing. This guy said, "Oh yeah, we should you should walk the dog." But she literally said that like a minute ago. So I thought like those those moments were brilliant, right? Uh, speaking of Kate though, um, Healy sent um Steinfield. Yeah, she she was great as Kate Bishop though. Uh, you do really buy her into the the um the the, the fan girl. But I like that there's there's depth to it. You know, it's not just oh well. I just want to be like you because you're my favorite hero. I mean, there's more to it than that, right? And that's why you have this um. This Shane Black esque murder mystery going on involving her mom, who is played by uh, Vera Farmiga, um, and her stepfather, you know, being um, Jack Duquence. I think that's how you pronounce his um, surname. Duquesne. So, in order to Duquesne. go. Uh, Duquesne. Oops, right. Yeah. Um, so, I dug what they did there. Uh, the Tracksuit Mafia stuff caught me by surprise because I didn't even know who these guys were. As I said in my previous review of the first episodes, I felt, I, I, at first, I thought that they were like ripoffs of um, the big Lebowski. You know, we want the money, Lebowski. We want the money, Lebowski. You know, those human guys, the, they can remind me of that, right? But, um, you know, they, they, they work as comic relief and, you know, as, as a threatener to, to, um, to Hawkeye. I love how they brought in, you know, Ronin, his, his alter ego, and, you know, how they worked that in the, the lappers. At first, I thought it was like, okay, like, we really need to have this cosplay group, you know what I mean, who rel into medieval um, swordplay and all that kind of stuff. But they work in, in, in terms of the story, in terms of, hey, we could be heroes, you know, even if we have to pretend to be. And I love how they brought them back in the final episode in particular, right? Speaking of the finale, yeah, this finale was all sorts of a uh, uh, kick-ass for me, though. I totally enjoyed it. I had a smile on my face. They really incorporated the the whole New York at Christmas setting, though, in ways I didn't expect. And I was like, yes, all of this is working for me. So, yeah, this this is guaranteed to be a, a crowd pleaser for sure, man. And last but not least, before uh, before I get to rating, um, I, I would admit I, I, I got surprised. Uh, I, I got caught off guard, sorry. Uh, with the elephant in the room, right? But when we saw him, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he needs to be in the show, man. For real. Um, and I'll just say this before I get to read it as well, too. He's not dead. He can't be dead. You can't just bring this guy back out to the blue and then just off him just like that. Like, no. 
no, no, no. He's going to be back yeah, in some show a, it's, or some it's way, a, shape, or form. Yeah, it's a thing in the comic. And as I said, yeah, as, as I said, you know, they, that's why I'm really thinking they, they make it out. But it might have some fanboys out there who have a collective meltdown because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well. Kingpin is a tough sob man. Like you know, like or the fight between him and 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 um and and um and Kate, um, it's it's very Disney Plus esque in terms of the the, the you know the intensity there, because it's it's almost reaching the level of like what you expect from the Daredevil series, but you know again in a you know Disney fight kind of way, right? But it still works, right? But overall for me, right. um, I I enjoyed this for what it was, man. So I'm gonna give this uh. You know, a very light four four out of five stars, man. I I really enjoy it for what it is. It really does work as a as a you know as a Christmas you know special, basically, right? So I would say if you have the time during the holiday season, uh, kick back, relax, and check it out, man. Um, and I do actually see myself watch this over, you know, maybe next Christmas or maybe when you know if if I do feel it feel like it during the Christmas season, yeah, because I, I think it works like that. And before we get to your thoughts, um, Daniel. Um, even though I wish we got a Rogers musical special on Disney Plus, though, uh, the, the 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 little outro that we got, the, the little end scene that we got at the end of the final episode, where we get to hear the song, um, I believe it's called Save the Day, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Save that, the City, I think it is. Save the City, Save the City. Yeah. That shit brought a smile <laughs> to my face, but no lie. I just had this big ass grin though. I was loving everything about it. So no, we didn't get the full thing. Okay, but whatever. At least that moment though, I was like, yeah. I'm 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 good. I'll live with that. I could oh, I I'll just have it on when I feel like it. I'll live, you know. All right. So so Daniel, uh thoughts on uh Hawkeye and uh Rayton. Finally someone actually cares about Hawkeye. That, that's, that's I know <laughs> someone actually cares about Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, unpopular opinion. I don't love all the previous Marvel Disney Plus shows. Like I like some stuff in One Division. Don't love it. I like certain stuff with Loki. I don't love it. The I kind of like Falcon and Winter Soldier. That that gets a that gets up for me, but you could tell that during production of that, like that show was like really hindered by COVID, and like they couldn't get all the stuff that they wanted out of it. But yeah, it, I it enjoy- felt like it was missing two episodes, man. That's just yeah, like two. Let's give me two yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, I I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but Hawkeye, like I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I really did. I really did. I enjoyed the banter between Kate Bishop and and Clint Barton. Uh, the action, the it it, it is kind of slow to start, like in the beginning, it is kind of slow to start, and the action choreography, like the fight choreography, isn't as strong as it is coming down to the end. But I will say I enjoyed it for the most part. I give it a, a eight out of ten. I give it an eight out of ten. I enjoyed it for what it was. <laughs> I have to say thank you for bringing back bringing back the elephant in the room. I thank you and um <laughs> yeah I enjoyed it that's all I'll say I enjoyed it yeah right so a couple of days before we get to, to Tracy right so one um forgot to mention uh McGill um Yelena shows back up right it'll be played by McGill Florence Pre right um you know I was glad to see her here I love how they actually established where she was and what you know that that moment where she uh, where they show where she was sorry um yeah. at the moment of the blip I thought that was that was that's a fantastic visual yeah. though. 
That's a really it fantastic is, movie. boy. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, it, 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 it rivals what we saw. It rivals what we saw with um. Oh gosh, I forget her name from One Division. Um, oh gosh, uh, what's her name, boy? Uh, Rambo. No, not 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 Maria. Uh, Rambo. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rambo. Yeah. Right. That that was great as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it in terms of just kind of like summon up summon up her her arc in terms of yo, where's my sister? You know, Clint killed my sister. That kind of thing. I thought it worked as well too, and I love how they just kind of left it open. And so. Who knows? Maybe one day she might she might link back up with um with, with Clint and fight alongside him, or maybe not. Maybe she might just you know ride solo as a new Black Widow. We'll see, right? I, I thought, I thought she week, was gone. I thought she was gone shopping the, at the for the Christmas the Christmas visit at the end now, instead of just oh, you know, like, that would be that would have been nice too. Yeah, yeah, you know? she with with a cute uh, Russian accent of hers, right? Yeah. And another, secondly, you know, but no, another, Another unpopular opinion of mine is like, uh, I thought Florence Pugh's Elena was okay. She was, Aww. I didn't love her. I didn't love her in, in Black Widow. I thought she was okay. And, and in this one, I really did get the feeling that she was just Natasha Romanoff's annoying younger sister. It's like, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not really liking this character as much as I should. From, from, the, from the movie, from the Black Widow the, the movie, pro- right? the pro- my, yeah, my problem at all. My only problem with her is that I find the, the accent is ridiculous. Like, yes, she's basically Rocky and Bullwinkle, <laughs> the Rocky and Bullwinkle, Bull, Bullwinkle nonsense now. Like, there's a little, a little you know, you know, it's like, all right, I know you're playing Natasha, but that's the wrong Natasha. Like, change yeah. your accent right, right now, no. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> also, in one of the episodes, I need to call bullshit on one of the episodes when there's a fight between Kate and Yelena. When like Kate actually holding her own against this this Black Widow assassin, like, no. I call bullshit on that. Well, she, that, she, that was, cool she was she was more like just kind of toying with her, and in the in that first fight, she was more distracted than anything. But and in the second fight, uh, she was just more like, yeah, she could easily kill her at any time. But you know, she wanted to keep her alive, and she she kind of like can't want to be friends. Uh, all right. The thing all is that right. she kind of want to become. Uh, uh, she want to be. She want to become a girl from um you know from 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 um we call it Sex in the City. That she want to do that bullshit. Yeah. So it's like uh, yeah, she have a she have a friend. Uh, yeah, but Chava Bishan at the same time. So ever. Yeah, again, right. again, joke, jokes. There's a lot of jokey jokes. Like they do jokey yeah, well, jokes. Well, it's an MC show, so, so that it's, it's much yeah, exactly. expected. And it's, it's up to you if you accept that or not, but yeah, that, that is getting annoying after all, to be honest. Right. Uh, for real. And secondly, um, as far as, you know, the elephant in the room, let me just call his name Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, Tracy, take it <laughs> yeah. away. Thought, uh, 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 sorry, uh, sorry. I, I, I had to bring it. Yeah, yeah, he's a mean You're one. You're a mean right, one, Mr. Fisk. Fisk. At <laughs> points for using that Mr. Gridge um, song in, in one of the episodes that was brilliant, right? But yeah, Tracy, close us off. Thoughts on Hawkeye? So here's my thing. I'm going to, um, I'll, I'll take a line from Joker and say, let's rewind the clock a year or so. Um, y'all know how I felt about WandaVision. I maintain that where WandaVision is concerned, it is by and large the best. Um, MCU Disney Plus show that has been out there because what WandaVision mm, does I agree. is that it yeah, gives you something new out there in the edge of sketch. You feel different. And then for somebody like me who pretty much grew up watching all these old reruns of like Lucy and Bewitched and that kind of shit, seeing how they incorporated it into her whole mental scape, um, right. this is stuff that I actually like. My whole thing with it was like, I need more of this in terms of things that feel new. So for me, um, this is where the the hilarity is. Hawkeye gave me something new. And so 
I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take Hawkeye and I'm going to bring Hawkeye up a notch. It's never going to top, um, none of their shows moving forward is ever going to top One Vision as far as I'm concerned. But there is an element of newness in terms of one, yes, I, I grant you, we finally get to see what makes, you know, Clint Barton, Clint Barton. And then the the Matt Fraction run that everybody's getting all abuzz now, um, Matt Fraction, David Aha, yeah. run there with bringing in people like Grills, um, who was not a lapper, but, you know, whatever. Long story short, here's the deal. Um, it's WandaVision will always remain at the top. Falcon has come down a few. Even Loki, for me, has come down a few. And I'm going to put Hawkeye up in its place. What I do love, I loved the Killing Eve moments of Kit and, and Yelena. Let's be, that for me was 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 joy, that whole conversation. Um, that airworm of Save the City is going to be stuck in my brain for a while. Obviously, I will have the soundtrack because you know how I feel about soundtracks. Um, Christmas music, the Christmas music in it actually worked really well in terms of building suspense because let's be honest, Christmas music could be hella scary and or suspenseful. And I do mean in terms of like Nutcracker Sweet and all that kind of stuff, the way how they played that into it was really cool. I felt like, and I, I, I admit this is not an original thought. I, I remember seeing this online. Hawkeye managed to give Natasha the eulogy that she didn't get sitting around when the boys were sitting around at the end of um of endgame you know throwing right. benches yeah. screaming it should have been me all right fine You're right. Right. right um this actually was able to solidify it and the idea of dealing with consequences and well let's be really can't run away from the consequences is always going to be something that was joy seeing um I think uh, Alaka, 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 Alaka Cox. Alaka Cox. Alaka Cox. I was, listen, the idea that she is a new to the scene of acting person, wow. I was like, yes, this this is good. And I am very much looking forward to her, um, to her spin-off, to her Echo spin-off series. That is going to be joy for me. Because Echo is in it, we knew fully well that we were supposed to be getting people like you know, um, Fisk, and she's tied to Daredevil in the comics as well, and all that kind of stuff. So at some point in time, those people will come in. That fight there um, with Kate and Fisk <clears throat> reminded me a little bit of like, well, actually not reminded, but looking at it, I was like, I can't wait to see Fisk pummel Parker. Um, because <laughs> the way how he just ragged all that entire scene, that's just brilliant. Overall, I had fun with it. I'm probably not going to wait because it's me. I'm not going to wait till Christmas next year. I'll probably queue it up, I don't know, in March or something. Um, <laughs> but I really, really, truly enjoyed Hawkeye. Um, I feel like I might give it a, a four out of five or, a, or a, a B plus kind of something where it's concerned. There were one or two parts of it that I didn't necessarily need. Funny enough, the jokes in Hawkeye, sorry, and even by extension, the jokes in the MCU TV series, um, series is or however we pronounce that. Mm -hmm. I prefer to deal with that than the jokes that I have to see on the movie side of things because that's where I start to get annoyed. Um, so it didn't really have a problem for me that much. It's just one or two bits and pieces in there. I was like, okay, all right, move it along, please. I, I don't need to know why the the you know the tracksuit mafia guy does not like Imagine Dragons. I don't need all of that shit. <laughs> that, that pissed but, me off. That pissed but, me off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all in all, 
a good vibe was had by me, and I'll probably do a rewatch soon. Right. Right. So the moment y'all been waiting on now, the Woo-hoo. Matrix Resurrections. Hell, hell of a way to end off 2021. I just want to say that one time, right? Oh. Now, um, in the description to this uh, <laughs> recording here, I'm going to put um, where, you know, uh, myself, Ricardo, uh, Summer, and Julian, who can make it. We talked about, um, well, this was in, in the, you know, for the 15th anniversary of the Matrix sequels that will be um, reloaded and um, revolutions. Yeah, we, we talked about our thoughts on, you know, just the, how we got into the Matrix, the, the first film from 999. And just overall thoughts on those two sequels, which had a lot of great ideas, but you know, really weren't as great as the as the original one, right? Um, so you know, because because you're because we're bringing you into our world, into our matrix world, so to speak. Um, I would like to hear you know, with how you know, just quick thoughts on you know, just how you were introduced to the matrix, what you thought about the first film, and particularly what you thought about um, Reloaded and Revolutions before we get into Resurrections, right? So, uh, Michael, if you don't mind, um, we could just kick things off. Uh, how did you get into the Matrix? What does that movie mean to you? And what do you think about the the two subsequent sequels? All right. So, because I know everybody generally going to say, first one was awesome, the other two, blah, blah. Um, I'll try to make it a little more interesting and tell a story. Um, so, in 99, I remember when the trailers hit for the first Matrix, um, everybody was, well, where I was from, everybody was talking about it because I know some people thought it looked like crap. And, um, you know, I remember we couldn't figure out what was going on. We couldn't figure out what it was. People started to say the quote, um, uh, you know, uh, what was it? You can't be told with the Matrix or something like that. You have to see it for yourself, right? Yeah, and everybody was quoting it. People who didn't even see the movie would come to school and start saying that. It's like, did you see the movie? No, but, you know, I better than you. Um, so they would just say that over and over and over. And I remember this, it being wild. And the first person to see it was, uh, I remember my older sister. And she comes home after she sees it. And she looks like completely like in shock. And she just like, she sits down. Because we were, you know, this is what we used to do, uh, my siblings in the 90s. When one of us gets to see a movie, the other one would come home and just tell the whole story. I guess times change, right? People hate spoilers now. But we would just tell each other the whole thing. And my sister came and she like blew all minds with the whole thing. Oh, and this happens and that happens and this happens. And that. I was like, yes, I'm going to see this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see it. Ready to see it and everything. And then my parents was like, no, that, uh, no, I don't want you to go and watch that. I was like, oh, okay, crap. So fast forward a while, like a year later, I finally got to see it on regular TV, sadly. Um, and my mind was blown. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Bullet time was like the craze. Everybody in school and pop culture, everybody was all bullet time. You know, we used to do... Uh, you know, uh, like breakdancing had a weird particular popularity in the um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And for, for some reason, all these the classes had their own dance groups and stuff. And we would have like neo moves. You know, everybody at the time when they was doing dances, they had a neo move. So is that you do, you know, the bullet time with the going back or you do some other comments like that. And um, it really took over the whole world. And I remember when um, the trailer dropped for Reloaded. Um, uh, obviously, I was a little older, and that would be 2003. And I remember going to see some other crap movie. I don't know, uh, White Chicks or something, right? In 2003, <laughs> one of those, some some movie that was super great. And we was pushing the line uh, in the movie theater uh, in, in my hometown because the Matrix trailer for Reloaded started, and people were still cutting tickets to go in. 
and everybody in the line started to get at, like literally angry. Hurry up, hurry up, the trailer, the trailer, because no YouTube, right? And they like right. like ready to fight in the line, and people started to push, and it started to get all aggressive, and <laughs> right, and, and everybody as soon as they round the corner, they just like running quick into the aisles because the trailer happening. And I, I I started to join in the the the, uh, the chaos because I hear all kinds of stuff. I hear Agent Smith talking. I hear people <laughs> screaming and carrying on and bawling and yelling. Like, and then I started to get like one of those guys. I said, hurry up, hurry up, move, move. I said, oh, guys, I was like, I want to see it. Right? And then all I reached in time to see was when Neo was doing the spin kicky thing in Reloaded, which oh, yeah. was the last shot of the trailer. And I, everybody was like screaming. And then it just cuts to coming soon. And I get so mad because that was my only <laughs> shot to see it. <laughs> 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 that was my only chance to see oh. the Matrix Reloaded trailer, because um, I, I think I think they would have released it online at that point. But I distinctly remember, um, I think at that point we we cut our internet, and then it would take like two days to stream a trailer, anyways. But we didn't have internet at that time, so that was it. It was just um, it was just to see that. But when it came out, like everybody else, and when I saw Reloaded, I was like, eh, what? Um. I, I was like, this didn't feel like the first one. This kind of feel kind of empty. And that's the best way I could describe it. It was done and it was empty. And I asked my sister, because I remember in 99 when she came like running home, like tripping out. I was like, when you saw that, my sister was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> and then um, when Revolutions came out, I didn't even bother. I think the hype train had kind of changed. Because once people saw the second one was kind of so, so I think Revolutions, the hype was way down because... I remember when Revolutions came out, I didn't bother to go. And one of the kids in class, he came in and he just comes through the door and nobody asked him a question. It was like early in the morning, we about to do math. And he just bonks in the door. He's like, Revolutions was shit. And then we start class. <laughs> you know, like, wow. He was just vexed for the whole day because I think he was a bigger fan than me. I thought I was a huge major fan. <laughs> you know, he was just so I was in class and for some reason the teacher and him start a dialogue, you know, and, and the teacher's like this 48-year-old man or something, right? And they just start talking about how revolutions are shit. And I was like, damn, I was like, all right, well, I'll go watch that on TV. And that's how I saw revolutions. I eventually saw it on TV and, you know, I, I, I really couldn't care <laughs> at that point. Me, special effects is obviously real cool because, you know, special effects, right? Um, but yeah, that was it. That was my uh, that was my personal um, uh, little uh, uh, journey with Matrix. And when we get to the fourth one, well, no, I'll chime back in there. Y'all could go ahead. Right, right, right. CC, your history with the Matrix trilogy, the original, the OG Matrix trilogy. OG. When, when it was a when it was a trilogy, right? Technically. Right. right. Well, it's it's interesting because the Matrix is one of those franchises that I like. I never because of my bizarre idiosyncratic childhood i like it was one of those things that like maybe i heard about vaguely but never had the chance to, like i never got like, got involved in all of the crazy hype i never got involved in like um a lot of like 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 um like the big anticipation and the excitement and certainly not waiting for each of the films to come out um i kind of came into the world of like online spaces and i geek culture all with the with the whole trilogy having already come out and all of the general consensuses and everything and everyone doing all the like youtube video essays explaining how the first film is the greatest movie of all time but how the other two just aren't all that great and whatever and so in this context i 
watch the original trilogy. And it's weird. Like, my experience was, with the first one, was, oh, this is pretty good. I think all of the people online have already talked all the best parts to death, but this is pretty good. And then I watched the... But, like, I don't know. It, it, it didn't, like, blow my mind or anything. And then I watched the other two and was like, oh, these are surprisingly good. Like, given how everyone was saying these are, like, the worst movies ever made, like, finally watching them, they're actually pretty good. Um, and, like, I appreciate them. Like, I'm a big fan of the Wachowskis as filmmakers, like, which, which is hilarious. That that's like, I kind of feel like that's a controversial statement, but I, I legitimately love the Wachowskis as filmmakers. Like, Bound not is my a, favorite. Not a controversial statement. They are great filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, Ricardo's a huge fan. Yeah. Like my, yeah. I, tell, tell them about Speed Racer. Tell them about Speed I, Racer. I love. Yeah. Like I, I love Bound. Like it's my favorite film of theirs. Um, I like the Matrix trilogy is is really good. Um, I really love uh, Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas. Like they're both yep. movies that swing <laughs> Very pretty. Good. They both swing pretty damn wide and don't always quite hit. But I yep. think Cloud Atlas hits more than it misses, honestly. And then Jupiter Ascending is terrible, but it's a fascinating yeah. terrible. Like, it's like yeah. a, it's never a boring terrible. Like, you're watching the whole thing and, like, there's never a moment when you're not, like, laughing. So I have been, and I and I do need to get around to Sensate at some point. But, like, I have been wanting the Wachowskis to come back and do some other project for some time. And like Gotcha Man, they should do Gotcha Man. Oh yeah, you're right. No, absolutely. Oh, why didn't I think of that? And like I know, and like it's interesting because like you hear about them and you hear about all the different projects they they considered and then dropped, and then like their production company went under in the last few years. But then they finally announced that like, well, Lana is doing this new Matrix, and I got you know very excited, and so I watched it, and it's like not getting into my thoughts about it, but um. It, it 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 very much kind of ties in with my thoughts about like with with the rest of the trilogy and kind of with my feelings of the Wachowskis as filmmakers in general. But no, that's so that's kind of my place with the Matrix trilogy. I missed the hype and kind of very much came onto the internet when they were like already established and well known, and everyone already had all their thoughts and opinions about them. And then like got to experience them for myself with like some slightly different like i give the whole like each installment of the original trilogy like a good nine out of ten like first film second and third and the animatrix like they're all like nine out of ten films for me like really good and like really impressive and like what they are in, in some of them what they're attempting to do and what the what the goal is i don't find them as confusing as a lot of people that i was always it's kind of like with pirates of the caribbean two and three where people talk about oh they're so convoluted i can't understand what's going on and I'm always confused because I never I never got confused watching Matrix two and three for whatever reason. Like there's 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 very little about those that like you know doesn't make sense. I feel like part of that also is that like I don't always take it the most seriously. So I'm not sitting here trying to like figure out the deeper meaning of it. So like there's not a lot of it that like I'm sitting here trying to like spend hours writing an essay for to decode, but yeah. But no, that is my that's my history with the Matrix. I love Wachowski's one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, I enjoy the original trilogy quite a bit. All right, uh, Mr. Hutchings, your history with the Matrix when it was a trilogy. I I legitimately sometimes just wonder, um, like if I just go in a portal or something, because the films I see and the responses I just hear sometimes, I just be like, yo. Um, because I remember being in, um, I, I have no idea how 
um, my love for Matrix happened because of, in 1999 I was not making my own money, so I wasn't going to the cinema. Um, but I saw it somewhere. And then in 2003, I was in the office, and we were getting ready. Um, the the trailer for it. I remember being in the cinema as well and, and seeing that kind of stuff. Um, but I do remember going and seeing the second one. It was a big deal, and seeing the third one. Um, especially in well, the third one in Movie Town, and I, I had a whole I had a whole moment. Um, I remember at the end of it, like the the orphan who's just screaming, "The war is over! The war is over!" And I'm sitting there in the back of Movie Town, like, "The war is over!" So that shit is that the shit is, is over. Over. by the way. Yeah? I just like listen. The war is over, damn it! And you know the 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 the, the um. Oh God, Juno Reactor, Juno Reactor, and um, I can't remember his name right now. I'm getting a blank. But basically, the soundtrack, the idea of pulling um, the Upanishad into um, Neo Damarang, and so having that, and that that's the music that plays when Smith and and Neo fight. Um, yeah. So I I have been, um, and then like sitting on playing into like how everything is. Oh, okay, so Sati means this, and this is what that is that. Um, that just felt right in line with my growing up theological life. Um, and I was like, I, listen, I, I loved the trilogy. Um, I still, <laughs> I still walk around harassing my friends from time to time with vis-a-vis, -vis, um, concordantly, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I will, I will shoot this little piece to it. I, I think it is because of my general love for the trilogy, like I, I've been sitting down for years thinking, how would this work if it came back? Because there's a line that the Oracle says at the end of the movie when she turns to Sati after the architect says, you know, I will release all of them. What do you take me for, human? And um, and she says to Sati that no doubt, you know, more, we, I think we'll see him again. And then the the notion of like, this being the sixth iteration of the Matrix, and clearly we're talking, dealing with reincarnation and how it will come back, and clearly Neo isn't dead, and maybe he was in the sunrise and all that kind of, I don't know. So I I have been gleefully, gleefully excited about the trilogy. I, I've often heard the whole Matrix 1 was great, 2 and 3 was a problem. Matrix 1 for me was a really awesome um, science fiction kung fu film. Two and three was exposition and philosophy, or I don't know what, however you want to piece it. But for me, it was just, it was good. The idea of like Smith possessing, um, taking over the human body because it was in, it was inevitable. The entire speech from the Merovingian and his cake and 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 the architect, these were things that stay in my brain. Um, so I generally have have had. I don't know, that's probably wrong English, but I've had love for um, the Matrix trilogy um, for as long as I can, you know, since it, since it's been out, so that's fun. All right, then last but not least, Daniel, your your history with the what was the Matrix trilogy. Okay, so, well, Tracy, I need to, I, when you, you mentioned Sati, I have an idea for Sati, but that, we'll get to that when we're actually talking about uh, Resurrections. Um... Okay, so my experience at Matrix, uh, 
I was too young in 99 to like really remember like Matrix and stuff, but I remember like the bullet time stuff was like the all the rage and there was like a parody in it a lot and like like um comedic yeah. stage plays and all kind of stuff. And um uh it wasn't until I think 2003, I think, when Reloaded and Revolutions, the hype around surrounding those movies was like the thing. And like I didn't see I saw Matrix on TV six with my mom and that was the edited version you know uh, <laughs> all right um well, is, is it what they say um okay well I, I, they probably didn't do this on tv6 right but i know on like wgn right you know the infamous station when it comes to, to to weird censoring right i'll give you the flipper and then i'll then i'll ask for my and then i'll ask for my phone call or like when um trinity's all said on, on her bike she said shoot instead of shit it's, it's like these weird, yeah. Yeah, that, that, these that's weird, sort of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, no, that, that no, really did happen, like, on God, that happened. Good no, but I, I, I remember the, the tank edit, like, believe it or not, you piece of slime, you're still gonna burn. Like, oh, really? oh, oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. They don't want to alienate the Amish audience. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, no. I saw I saw the uh, Matrix on TV six with my mom. I think she just wanted to know what the hype was. She didn't. I and I could see her like getting into it, like when Neo was on the run with the age from the agents. She was like, "Run, Neo, run!" And so I was like, "Yeah, she was get, she was getting into it. I was getting into it, but she didn't love it." As much as I did, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is really good. This is really cool. This is a really cool movie. It transcends the bullet time because it's just a really good movie on its own, and mm. it's and it's a world that's worth exploring. So yeah, I was too young in two thousand three to see Reloaded and Revolutions in theaters. So I went. So when it came out on Cinemax the year after, I watched it, and. Apparently, I was a really stupid kid because I, I was just entertained by what I was seeing on the screen. I didn't even care about the story. I was like, whoa, uh, uh, an agent just jumped on a car and it flipped over. It's like, okay, okay. I, I, was a, I was a pretty dumb kid and all this stuff I was seeing on screen entertained me. So, and even in Revolutions, the climactic fight between were, um, Neo and Smith was enough to get me hyped, like the operatic music. And oh, yeah. The operatic music and uh, the end cre- the the credits. I could sit down and watch those credits just for the music because it had a know, a, right? a, a, a really good soundtrack. A really good soundtrack. Yeah, it's a really good soundtrack. And um, later later on, I discovered wow, people really didn't like these movies. And then I I watched them over and like okay, I could see why people don't like them because Reloaded is more philosophy jargon and not enough action way too much talking not enough action and um reloaded and revolutions was just anticlimactic uh, and i could see how people could see that way but all right my love for the sequels have kind of waned over the years and i kind of gave up on the wachowskis after i saw speed racer I know y'all. I know y'all don't like it, but I know y'all like it. But I don't. I personally don't like it. That movie gives me a headache every time I watch it. It gives me a headache. It's way too loud. The colors are way too loud. 
The acting is way too loud. Uh, I, That's I why it's awesome. That's why it's awesome. It's an anime. <laughs> I understand that. But it is like... live action anime. It's, the, it's yeah, one of the it. most honest live action anime yeah, we've ever got. <laughs> I, I get that, but it's like, oh gosh, it's an adaptation. Whatever. Uh, uh, Cloud Atlas, I skipped out on Jupiter Ascending. I didn't watch in theaters. I I tried I tried to watch like the first few minutes of that movie, and I just I couldn't do it. But I have seen clips of Eddie Redmayne's performance in that movie. And, oh God! Oh my <laughs> sweet Lord Jesus Christ! If life is about consumption. <laughs> If you were not aware of Eddie Redmayne, like before Jupiter Ascending, you would yeah, swear was... that he was a bad actor. You would <laughs> swear that he was a bad actor. Oscar after he won an Oscar before he did that movie, remember? Yeah. Whispering, <laughs> whispering and shouting. He's really yeah, it's like, it's like he, did, he didn't get proper direction. It's like, oh, I don't know what the Wachowskis were thinking. They were like, okay, you're going you're gonna to start really soft. You're going to start really slow. And then when you coming down to the end of the scene, you're going to go, explode in anger. <laughs> Okay, uh, dude, calm yourself. Calm down. I definitely feel like, cause like I feel like Jupiter Ascending is easily the Wachowskis' most kind of directionless movie. Like every other film of theirs, you can tell what the goal was. Even something like Speed Racer, even if you don't like it, the goal is recreate the feeling of the anime in live action. With Cloud Atlas, it's this um, complex, uh, this complex multi timeline narrative with. The Matrix trilogy, it's this whole what is real, what is not, bending reality, and all this other stuff. With Jupiter Ascending, it is so hard to tell what the idea was. Like, kind of a magical girl anime space yeah. opera, but in right. live action. Well, that, that's, yeah. that, that, that was pretty much it. But it, it basically, the mistake was it basically told the Matrix all over again. It's the same story. Right? Yeah. It's pretty much the exact <laughs> same story. Except, well, they just changed in the ontology of what's going on. Instead of... Virtual systems, it's space, and you know, it, right. but the same story, same. Story. Yeah. Except, except uh, none of it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Wachowskis, they kind of win in these days. When I saw the Matrix, when I saw um the the trailers for Matrix Resurrections, I was I was holding out a tiny sliver of hope that this might be good, and then I saw it, and well, let's get let's talk about this piece of crap. <laughs> Ah. Yes, 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 let's. Oh, a gauntlet let's has talk been thrown right, down. Already. A stretching, a stretching as we speak. Oh, yeah, no, okay. into this. Neck, I'm ready. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> if, if y'all don't mind, if, if, if you all don't mind, I will do the, the, the plot for this. I'll try to be as vague as possible, right? I can explain the plot because I, I, it's shocking a lot of people don't get it, though. Like, what? You're not following what's going on? But whatever. Yeah, go ahead. That's true. Okay, all right. Well, you know, we will delve into detail into, into what was going on, right? Right. Uh, so basically, we are introduced to, well, Thomas Anderson, right? Uh, who is played by Keanu Reeves, right? But in this case, he's not this guy who's just working in some random, you know, um, tech place. He is a video game de- um, developer, right? And, you know, ironically enough, because this movie is going full meta here now, uh, so in this world now, I have to say in this world, right, he actually is the creator of the Matrix Trilogy games. Yeah, they're actually games now, right? Mm-hmm. So this is meta-narrative about, you know, what those games and the idea behind the games meant. And you learn later on through some convo that they may or may not be related to people that, you know, Thomas and his um, his his 
co-worker, I believe it is. Not not so much boss, um, you know, Smith, Mrs. Fanner, sorry. Uh, Smith, who is played by Jonathan Groff, right? So mm-hmm. it's like that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, while all this is going on, we learn that um, Thomas has been, you know, seeing things, right? He's He's been going through some kind of, like, just mental issues, right? So ever so often, he has to, he has to visit a psychiatrist who is played by Neil Patrick Harris. I'm not going to say who he is at the point in time, right? And he's always given these blue pills, right? So, you know, it's like, his, and you, you see that actually through this montage, which ironically is set to the same... Um, the same music that was used in the first trailer, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just see that that day-to-day life, and you just see how you know while he's going through his day-to-day, he's just seeing images from well, what we see now in the film, uh, the the, the uh, previous uh, movie trilogy, right? And speaking of that, now he also runs into a woman named Tiffany, who is played by Carrie Ann Moss, who just so happens to look like Trinity, right? So he's always reminded of that, right? So long story short he's always seen like you know just events that took place in the previous films right but he just attributes it to oh this was just ideas i had in the game but why do i why do they feel so real right so uh long story short now well long story short again now um a few characters run into him first being bugs who is played by um jessica um he- jessica henwick henwick henwick, Hen- henwick sorry yes. last time we yeah, saw the, iron first um, iron first right mm. and we learned that you know she is part of what is the matrix pretty much right so you know it's the same story pretty much we were looking for you you know what i mean because we 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 always knew that neo wasn't dead you know he we knew he was somewhere right so he kind of learns through some circumstances that yeah the world that he is in right now is not real right so that actually is the matrix and well you know um it's bugs characters from the real world right and we also meet who will eventually become morpheus um i'll, I'll get into that as well too right but yeah, he has his own little backstory, which uh, to say kind of just stops midway. doesn't really go anywhere, in my opinion. But yeah, eventually just kind of, because as you know, he, he's pretty much influenced by, you know, the character of Morpheus himself, right? Um, who is, well, dead, you know, and we'll, we'll learn why soon enough, right? But yeah, he, he, he realizes that, you know, he must be the Morpheus figure, so he must help Neo on his journey. And long story short, again, I keep using that term now, it's just Neo just realizing, yeah, hey, I'm Neo, right? I'm not Thomas Anderson, really. I'm actually Neo, and, you know, the Matrix still exists, but it's a new Matrix, and, you know, it's like, now I have to realize what the big threat is, because there is a big threat, and it comes in the form of, well, Smith, right? Not so much Agent Smith, but Smith. So, yeah, he returns as well. And I'll stop here, right? So, just giving quick thoughts, just spoiler-free thoughts, and we'll get to everybody else's spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll get into spoilers, right? So uh, my thing with this show here, right, um, I would say that, you know, it starts off really intriguing, really strong, have a lot of ideas. Um, it, it, it does play with your mind a lot, though, and, you know, it is a lot to take in, right? But there are a lot of fascinating ideas, a lot of progressive ideas in terms of, you know, not so much what the Matrix is, uh, the, the possibility of the Matrix, but just the influence of the Matrix in, you know, in, 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 in pop culture, right? You see that um, echo through, you know, various um, conversations, especially with the um, the uh, creature team. In, yeah, the pitch you know, team. Yeah. yeah, the pitch team, sorry, in, you know, the same place that um, that Thomas is working in, right? You see the whole notion of, well, you know, this is right. why these are influential. And the idea of sequels and all that kind of stuff. So you could tell is Lana Wachowski kind of winking at the camera like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You're probably well, like, thinking this show isn't really all that necessary. But in a way, I know. I know. And this well, is my commentary on it. I don't even know if I would say it was like a wink so much as like a little glimpse into the frustrations of Lana Wachowski. Because like I love Keanu Reeves' performances in those scenes. Because 
He's the guy who made this trilogy of games, sitting yeah. there in a room they, full of people, I, all talking I about ideas. Like, yeah, right, and like they're mm-hmm. all bouncing ideas off each other and talking about what the games yeah. are about, and he's like yeah. right there, just listening to all. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. He has no input. Huh? No input whatsoever yeah, while everyone yeah. else talks about his games and like what made them important. And that whole line, and I'm sitting there like, how they let you put this, Lana? Which I feel yeah. like is just yeah. the one yeah, line that... They named WB directly to him. Because no, yes. well, I guess, guess you know our parent company, Warner Brothers, has insisted that we make another one. And yeah, there's, 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 there's no speculation. There's no speculation there, you know, because that's actually what did happen. Yeah, and I'm surprised when I went on YouTube how many of these, you know, film reporters and stuff didn't connect the dots because Michael B. Jordan was tagged with a discussion in Warner Brothers for them to actually make the Matrix, and then Lana Wachowski and them announced like a year and a half later that that got scrapped, and they say Keanu Reeves is signed on. So I think that quite literally, based on the news reports, that that is actually what went on. And um, what I and what I find fascinating about that is so it ends up it does end up being this meta commentary because you get like I feel like that's definitely the part of it that like it's it's one of the many parts where like Lana gets very personal because it feels yeah. like there's a creative frustration that she's very much like kind of letting loose in these sequences and like specifically like showing the this frustrating creative process and how it's taxing on him and how he's in this world yeah. that feels like this endless grind and just over and over. Yeah. And like that it's one of the, my favorite. I think it's like one of the best parts. Like for it's me very, it's like one it's of my very um it's very meta. um meta humor. It's yeah meta. but um oh gosh should we call it um new nightmare? That's that new yeah, nightmare. Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, look, that's a good to, comparison. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, a lot of people are going to make the reference to Wes Craven's yeah. new nightmare. It, it, yeah. But it's very like that, yeah. Instead of playing themselves, it's the actors playing, you know, um, well, playing versions of the characters that they played, you know. Right, right, yeah. right. With, this, with the similar twist that, like, the, the so-called fictional world is actually a lot more real and is invading the real world, right. which is always, like, I do love, I mean, I, I, I always love it when, like, I always love that kind of thing because, especially since, like, also like New Nightmare, as you've already said, there's this whole element where they're commenting on the influence and the impact of the Matrix, and how big it's right. been, and then like, yeah. like I thought what I liked about that whole sequence where like they're all it's not just that they're all pitching ideas for what they think this new Matrix game should be. They're all they're all talking about what they think the original means. Yeah, like, well, that, that, that right. That's all that was. Yeah, that was hilarious because yeah. like he's sitting there with his head in his hands, listening to them all bounce out alternate ideas for what it's actually about, and like, yeah. I kind of there's this I'm right here energy to it, yeah, which I right. thought. <laughs> and I, in, in, in the case in the case of, of of Lana and her narrative, you know mm-hmm. why it works so well is because of that that conceit, right? Like, yes. you know, look, yes, the Matrix, you can interpret it on from this lens or that lens or whatever it is and i i myself personally have a lot of like great like lens in terms of how to think about the films but yes. it has a very specific narrative very specific and this one delves deep into that like it gets into like stuff about mental health uh suicide survival yes. stuff like that i was like wow they actually put this in it like would it, it it you know surprise oh right yeah Right. Anyway, well, uh, well, 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 let me, let me just, let me just um, resume, please. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up in a bit, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it starts off very, very well, right? But I felt like when they get into, like, that second act, though, and then they have to just explain what's going on now, 
that's when you fall into that's where the, the film falls into that reloaded um trap where it's like we have to over explain what's going on around us and why things are playing out the way they are now so you have to go in as a fan okay yeah, specifically this movie is for the fans is for people who actually have knowledge and memory of the film because they don't they actually don't hold their hand and tell you who characters are and i have to give credit for that right but at points it just becomes too unbearable though it just felt like it was just all these calls like okay it remember in this and 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 you know you just have to kind of connect the dots now while you're just trying to follow this this basically this this simple well or seemingly simple story right but it kind of makes it just way more just a little too um, over complicated because of that right now one thing this show is going to be criticized a lot for is you know the use of nostalgia right and i felt here um while yes you know there's this like nostalgia when it comes to the fight scenes and you know different lines and all that kind of stuff too but it just felt to the point like okay like if you're not going to do anything different or original then why are you going out your way to remind us of things that happened before you know what i mean like is, is there some kind of ulterior motive to all this or you're just saying well that's the joke you know what i mean it's like similar to you know those you know all these nostalgia beat films that came out over the past few years right and i always made this commentary that i always made this point that i was hoping that at least the show would have explored that and they kind of do but i just felt like it was just over reliant on that nostalgia -ness. so like literally every big major moment they have to remind you oh remember in this movie and that movie and all that kind of stuff right but last thing I just want to see now, right? Here, here to me is, I don't even want to call this a major flaw though, but I think this is like a huge misstep, right? With all the Matrix movies, right? You could say what you want about the philosophy and, you know, all this stuff being pretentious and all that kind of stuff, right? At the end of the day, they are action movies. The point <laughs> of these Matrix movies, right? Listen to me, listen to me, is that they were just kind of taking the genre of action and just carrying it to like the most extreme like they were just trying to be as groundbreaking as possible right see what you want about the bully brawl in matrix reloaded see what you want about the neon smith fight in revolutions you never saw stuff like that before in a hollywood movie right here i got no action scenes that, that really fell that way the only action scene that really stood out to me though was the shootout that takes place in 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 um in um in thomas's uh workplace which we again to in the spoiler section that to me actually stood up because of how stylized and very John Woo inspired it was. And yes, it is very reminiscent of the hallway shootout scene in the first film, but I thought that it looked really dope the way how they handled it. And you know, just the callbacks that they even threw in there actually kind of worked there. But I felt like the other scenes, especially that climatic scene, which I'll get into as well too, just did not work for me. Nothing about it stood out to, uh, stood out to me at all. It didn't even make any sense to me in the, in the long run in terms of what was going on. And I felt like, yeah, this was where they dropped the ball, man. Like, I just saw nothing visually or action-wise that was like, oh, yeah, this is like some next-gen, like, groundbreaking shit. No, it was just like, yeah, I mean, it's the genre of sci-fi. I mean, you've seen the influence of The Matrix. I think that's the problem, too. You've seen the, in the influence of The Matrix in so much um, in, in, in media all, um, you know, over the past couple of decades that when you see how things play out here in this movie, it's like, well okay well that, that that wasn't really all that interesting and even goes down it even um reflects like any visual effects as well too like you know you see scenes and they look kind of cool but then they have some moments admittedly that i felt look kind of kind of like i don't want to say cheap but just like wow like you know like you, you, yeah, just I'm trying to make a matrix film 
Yeah, like just pumping a little extra money on you that make this shit look like real Oscar Woody driven. You know, I just watch this and like this looks like a normal, you know, Hollywood sci-fi movie in my opinion. So that's the thing though. So at the end of the day, before we get to your thoughts, um as much as it wants to dive into the commentary of originality and nostalgia, I felt like it relied too much on nostalgia and there was little originality in it. Um the premise, however, is 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 great. I, I thought it was very, very promising, right? But I just felt like just after that second act, it just had to delve into, oh, callbacks, callbacks, this thing, that thing, references, 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 references. Right. And then right. at the end, which I will get into as well, I want to talk about that end. It's just like, <laughs> well, I, I just I just don't feel this. I just don't feel this at all. So Ricardo, tell me how wrong I am. All right, so, you know, Morpheus, you Morpheus, Morpheus, Dorpheus, Orpheus, go eat some walruses, horses. Porridge's Morpheus, Morpheus, right? So if you get a joke, well done. Uh, <laughs> Why does that sound like a rap? So that sounds like some Eminem no, with a scene. No, look, look, it, look, it up, look it up and see where that joke comes from. It's great. Morpheus, I, Morpheus, I, Morpheus, right? It's, mm. it's one of the funniest bits ever. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, say the line, Ricardo, from the Simpsons meme, right? Ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Yay! Oh, and you, oh so it's good thing you bring up that, Ricardo, because while I was watching this show, I was thinking, yep. This is exactly what Ricardo said it was going to be. Yeah, that, that, or, or what you would say uh, it would have been. I was telling myself the same thing. That, that, exactly. A lot of great ideas, but just... A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of decent ideas. A lot of very interesting subtext. Like, especially that first first act. Great. Mm. A lot of really great subtext on what the yes. illusions are. Mm. Um, but the main problem is the, the two things. The establishment was pretty weak and the world building was pretty weak. Like, the extra new world building is pretty weak. And I, I would... Listen, I would have loved to see an extended version of this... As a limited series, a la Watchmen. Like, if they did the same story mm. and we got, like, a six to eight episodes of this, it would, I'm sure it would have been fine. No, I agree. I agree. Perfectly yeah. fine. Because here's the thing. I, like, even though the core conceit involving New and Trinity is what sticks and mostly works, in my opinion, I was actually right. more interested in the in the, the crew of the Namosain, right? I, I actually was liking those characters. Like, when they're bringing them, all the new technology, the stuff that evolved in the six days from since the events of Revolutions, um, yeah, I'll, I, I was, I'll, I'll talk about that. But go ahead. I, I was digging. I was digging a lot of that, like what the, the evolution of the world is and all these ideas, and then who fits into what and why. Um, I thought I would have missed Fishburne, and I didn't, right? Because mm. what, what it did, what it did with with Morpheus and, and Yaya Abdul Mateen, I actually liked a lot. Like I, I like that conceit because it's it's new, building Morpheus again, but a version of him to do this rigmarole plan to escape the, this version of the Matrix. And while you learn what going on with the analysts and whatever it is, I like that. But the person I really missed was Weaving. I, I felt they really needed true. That yeah, he, I, I Jonathan Groff was not a good. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, he was a great actor. Don't no. get me wrong. Why, why have him as Smith a great actor? He's a great actor, but a Smith. Yeah, you don't know, work as Smith at all. Like not, not even close. Like it wasn't. And you needed Weaving. You really needed Weaving. You're right. Um, and that was that was a big problem. Um, yeah, I I think a lot of the production issues was just probably due to COVID, to be honest, because everything felt so small. Um, yeah, because uh, Lana Lana Wachowski actually didn't want to finish this movie. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's like yeah, like clearly it's a lot of production stuff. Clearly, because everything felt small scale. The IO felt small. Um, mm-hmm. New Matrix felt small. The action the action is okay, but you know it had the revolutions problem for me where it just uninspired. Right and 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 on top of that, too small scale. At least revolutions had a big, grandiose Dragon Ball Z fight, right? Like, I was... I, but this was just small scale and uninspired for my liking. No, very little of it works or is interesting. Um, the only fight that was kind of kind of cool or interesting, and again, when they introduced the whole swarm agent concept, 
um, was he fighting the tree? That was okay, but I still everything was shot too close, and I didn't really feel that. I will listen. Stuff like this is the nature of production. I get the feeling that COVID undermine a lot of that. So look, I had to chop my hands on that. I can't really judge it for what it is. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Everything is just clearly smaller than what it is. But again, for me, the core conceit involving New and Trinity is what sticks and mostly works in my opinion. I thought oh, that yeah. was. Great. Um, mm. I, the, the two of them bouncing off each other, what they did with it, that final conceit with her, um, like what it, because again, this is like one of the things over the first film is the troubling undertone about what is being said, which is everybody who you that don't get with the, the reality of the picture are nobodies and not in, and not not important people, you know, if you're not one of us, you're one of them, and they kind of real play with that, like the character, real extreme is like her, her own family. She has a family. Holy shit. Like, they, they play with that pre- premise and, and making it work in the context of the world. Um, yeah. And, right, so that's my last point, and then I'll, I'll give more rating, and then from there. Uh, yeah, well, we will we'll give ratings at the, at the end, actually, right after, after the spoilers, if you don't mind. Well, whatever. Like, well, yeah. I don't see a bunch of spoilers anyway, so it's like... Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, okay. I, my, my conceit is the... What here is what this feels like. It really feels like Lana, like, still, like, taking the Brodrad um critique to heart because like the, the the second films really operate like a kind of critique of the first film and it was clearly in response to what Baudrillard said about it and well because Baudrillard is the one who influenced all of this you know she she uh like kind of doubled down on how it's supposed to work and it this it really felt like that like it is a clearly a more personal film right from an author standpoint it works in that sense um yeah. but then it also feels like a, a like a try to line up with a Baudrillard style critique of the concept of the matrix and, and the concept of simulation and simulacrum and all of that, right? We had to get into all of that, that academic nonsense. But again, if it was a, a 68-part miniseries on HBO, HBO Max, come on, we could have done this. It would have right. worked. But 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, sorry. It, it is a, just a troublesome issue and you cannot get around that. Sorry to say it, this is the times we live in. And I really, really, it was really a shame that she couldn't get, I, I felt they should have done that. They really should have done 68 episodes of our run, make it work, and and tell that conceit and, and and you know really really like get into the conceit of what's going on in terms of the systems of control and what is being told. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, you said no ratings. Well, I'll tell my rating anyway. Yeah, go, 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 <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But no, I'll tell my I, 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 I like how he's like you. I just want to tell my rating anyway. No, I don't care. <laughs> screw you all, right? Uh, CC, your your spoiler-free thoughts on um, this movie here. Don't worry, guys. We're gonna get to spoilers soon enough. But you know, just general for those who haven't seen the film as yet. But yeah, what were your thoughts? Well, spoiler three, spoiler free. Um, I kind of didn't have any expectations going in. Like I, I again, like my my thoughts on the original trilogy. I'm I'm more of a fan of the Wachowskis as filmmakers than I am of the original trilogy specifically. But um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, like Ricardo said, it's a it feels a lot more personal because I know that like one of the big critiques of two and three is that there are films that become so big and epic and huge in their scale that there's kind of a personal touch lost to them. And Resurrections feels like like Lana kind of getting a lot more personal and a lot more because like at the end of the day, this is very much like like the stakes for this particular film are a much well like. They're kind of a, they're a lot more personal than the previous films. Yeah, like it's there's this love story at the very center of it, and that's where the stakes really are. Like it's not about like the fate of mankind anymore because mankind has been saved in the original trilogy. And like yeah, technically there's like stuff like that that's still being continued, but like um, 
but that's less of a focus than like the love story part. And that's why there's that um, quote at the very end of the credits there where Lana dedicates the film to her parents and it says, love is the genesis of all things. And clearly that's the kind of attitude that it's, it, and so in, introspective. Right. Obviously, like any Wachowski movie, it swings pretty wide and there are things it doesn't quite hit. Like, I think a lot of the comment, like the meta commentary that's reflecting on um, nostalgia and franchises and, and things like that hits pretty well, I think, like, especially in the first act. Um, there is a pacing problem. Um, mm-hmm. Into the, like, the second act, there's the pacing kind of starts to ping pong all over the place mm-hmm. where instead of streamlining this into a more linear story, it kind of starts to, and again, if this had been like, a show there you could have had the chance to like space that out a little more but the pacing starts to ping pong all over the place i really missed um you ping you i think it's you ping Yuen who did the fight choreography on the original yen, trilogy? Yen, yen wu ping yen wu ping yeah i missed his fight choreography so much like the new film like the action is pretty good and the action some of the action sequences are really inventive i mean like i was tripping out at some of the use of like because, like, I, I normally hate um, high frame rate in movies, especially since, like, a lot of filmmakers are trying to push it and do it as this new thing. Like, Michael Mann always manages to make his films look worse with high frame rate. Looking at you, Gemini Man. But the way that um, Lana uses it in, like, a couple of the action scenes to kind of emphasize, like, a disorienting effect, um, the use of the... There's, there's a couple sequences that have this really inventive thing where, like, one character can, like, slow time down for everyone else, and I thought those sequences are really creative. But... I think Lana is missing a couple other voices in the room to like specifically help choreograph and manage the fight sequences. Um, but I appreciated how personal it was and I appreciated it as like, um, I appreciated it as, as like a meta narrative. And uh, I, and I love all the things it is attempting to do. So honestly, for me, it doesn't feel better or worse than the original trilogy as i said the original like for me the even the original matrix trilogy felt very like big ideas execution isn't always like the greatest thing and like i feel like this fits very neatly so my rating is still the same like at eight or nine like out of ten which is the same rating i give the rest of the trilogy like you know around, around that same but yeah Sigh. So okay, we'll see. So we so we give it a read. So all right, cool. I, I, will, I will save mine. I forgot. I'm sorry. I will save mine for last, right? I will save mine for last, right? Uh, Michael, your your spoiler free thoughts on resurrections. So um, oh geez, uh, don't worry, Matthew. I'll follow instructions and not race it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some somebody had to give Matthew some love. Listen to what I'm saying. Like Machi saying something, and it's like matter to me. Um, it's hilarious. Anyways, that is nothing. Um, so, so this is what I think, right? Um, I think the Matrix is both a bad movie and a cool movie. Resurrections, uh, in, in, marbled into each other. Um. And because of that, I have mixed feelings about it. Like some things about it, I think absolutely horrendous. And some things about it, I was like, you know, I'm glad I lived this long to see this. <laughs> right? As a person who is a fan of the uh, original trilogy, because as much as I have issues with um, the original trilogy, is something that I can't stop watching. Um, because I just like what was done. 
uh, even the bad ones, you know, I, I just like revolutions. I've watched revolutions several times, actually, right? Um, so I, 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 I was always going to see this no matter what because I love the Matrix. Um, and I'm really, really conflicted because, on, uh, like, there are parts of this that straight up look like a student film, you know? Um, like, straight up like a student film. Like, like, like I was joking earlier, I said it's like a ha new Hallmark Channel Media Matrix film um, because a lot of times it feels like that. And I, like I could partially get behind the COVID being an issue, but because I was follow was following the production since they announced it, like I was religiously following all the updates and you know all the intimate filmmaker articles that comes out, you know, in the filming and stuff. I know that part of it is also uh, Lana's desire to make it this way, because um, she said in multiple interviews. Obviously, the parents uh, uh, being a, a angle and the fact that she wanted to shoot it very sh uh, over the shoulder, you know, put the, 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 the camera on the, on the cinematographer's shoulder and just go and shoot with one camera. Um, and Keanu and they even discussed, you know, the differences that that made that. They, they, they said in a many setups that they didn't even like. Um, and, and Keanu, you know, this is stuff that they discussed going into it now because they filmed for like, I think two to three months before they got their first shutdown when the whole world kind of started to go to, to garbage. Um, but yeah, so I know, I, I, I tried to go into it when I saw the trailer, I noticed the difference in style because one of my favorite things about the original trilogy was the level of planning that went into what we saw on screen. Because I don't know if you guys remember, they had this anime guy draw all these storyboards and all these comic artists and, and real brilliant visual um talent that they brought in on the original Matrix to, to, to craft this whole thing. And this approach, I knew it was going to be different. It was going to be very, um, uh, almost David Russell shoots an action film, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into it trying to accept that. But from the time I saw the trailer, I was like, this doesn't look like Matrix. Matrix is like anime, right? Um, it's like just these crisp, clean frames and, you know, very... Uh, sometimes it's like like Sergio Leone level staging, and and then other times it's like you know you're watching uh, uh, animated thing come to life, right? Um, so that part of the Matrix was one of my favorite things, right? The, the acting and the style. And when I went into this, I felt like the tone was also different. Um, there are moments in this with straight up jokes like bordering on Marvel stuff, and it, you know some of that stuff took me out. Um, so for me, like the biggest change for me was the tone. And the editing for me was really choppy. Um, like the times I'm watching it, I'm trying to take in some information and they're doing all these weird, well, when we go into spoilers, I'll talk about specifics. They're going into all these weird cuts and all these things and it starts to feel very student filmy. And, and, and I was like, what's happening here? This doesn't feel like a, you know, like a, a, a really refined uh, entry into the Matrix franchise. And, and in, in terms of the performances, I didn't like a lot of the acting, unfortunately. Um, I felt like Keanu, uh, he did okay for the most part. Um, I mean, it's better than some of his other projects recently. <laughs> some of the acting that I've seen. Um, but he did okay. But some of the other cast members, I felt like they were very, like, really forgettable. Um, so, yeah. So, my, um, I was really mixed on it. The philosophy in this one. One thing I like with this film, though, that I felt like I didn't like with... Um, Reloaded and Revolutions was they tied the philosophy, which was a lot lighter this time. But the one thing I appreciate with Resurrections is it had an emotional through line. 
Because hmm. the first one, the first Matrix is really what Star Wars and all those things are, right? Uh, is I'm a special boy, <laughs> the story. <laughs> um, that's, that's I'm calling it that from now on. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's really that it's, I'm a special boy, and, and I think they, I didn't see Jupiter, but everybody bashed it and said that that was you know the, the same I'm a special boy, but a girl's version, right? And that's why we like those movies. Like that's why the first Star Wars is like the best thing ever for a lot of people because deep down inside, you know, everybody wants to feel like they could be the hero. And is like the first Matrix is like the same thing you feel when you watch like a Jackie Chan movie and he just like kicking everybody ass, right? It's like I could do that, you know. And Neo, Neo. The, the constant ping-pong between if Neo is this thing or not, it, it kept you engaged now. And that's what I really like about the first one. And Reloaded, what they lost to me was Neo turned into a plank of wood. There was no emotional through line to pin all of this philosophy on. And it was just like it was in basically in, in, in philosophy class and, you know, philosophy class 101 in university, right? And that's what I didn't like about those because I feel like they could have really, um, they could have really tried to put some more context and emotion into all of the philosophy and not have it float by itself. Because to be honest, like it is good by itself. Um, like it's really good. Like when you really go into what was being said in, in revolutions and reloaded is really cool stuff. So I think the trailers uh, uh, would have connected the dots on this, but it's really Trinity and Neo's, uh, you know, their connection and this that carries the movie. And for me, that is one of the few points I would give it is that while I was watching it, unlike Reloaded and unlike Revolutions, I had something to kind of anticipate a little bit. Um, and I'm not mad at all the other flashy stuff. Like, I love the IO stuff. I love the industrial design. I love the, the some of the world building, because um, I think Ricardo mentioned that it wasn't as fleshed out, but I like, which I agree with. But some of it, the little bits that we get to see, um, I was okay with it, but... You know, that's really my main thoughts for now, because I want to say more, but, you know, spoilers. All right. So, uh, Tracy, uh, quick spoiler-free thoughts on Resurrections. Actually, funny enough, I have um, in my notes, I have, where is it? I have this here. It says, it's the Force Awakens. Um, for want of a better way of putting it, this is the Force Awakens. Whether it is you liked Force Awakens, yay. If you didn't like Force Awakens, um, that is the kind of, you know, that that's where you will probably fit in. In terms of um, like Star Wars or like Force Awakens, you know, you came in and you saw things that it reminded you of home, of Star Wars, that kind of vibe. But it wasn't as ridiculous as, let's say, Solo. Um, and in like manner, for me, uh, Matrix for Matrix Resurrections has that same vibe in terms of this is reminding you of home, reminding you of the thing that you love about the Matrix and it's bringing you back into the world. It also feels a little bit like an epilogue, like if they said this is it, this is how Neo and, um, and Trinity's story ends, that would be fine by me, so I don't really have a problem with that. I actually really did dig it. Um, the first part, you know, I heard you guys talking about like the first part was cool. The first part for me was kind of annoying. Um, I don't know. I just like sat down and was watching part of it. And the first part of it was kind of annoying. But then afterwards, it started to pick up and it started to feel like, oh, yes. Okay, so this this is the thing. Um, the revelation of who is who and what and why and how um, those two particular characters there um, was fun for me and I have some thoughts on 
on on on Thomas. I'm sorry, on Smith being Thomas's boyfriend, but that's another story all entirely. Um, <clears throat> I, I I didn't really have like that much of a stress with it. I have the soundtrack as per usual. I think like Resurrections w brought. A, a kind of a vibe to it in terms of asking, okay, we know that with the trilogy, it was like the nature of life and what does it mean to be alive? Here we're talking about like living and what does living actually, uh, what, it is, what does living actually mean and how does it, you know, work in a world that, in a cycle where we tend to repeat the same mistakes and do the same BS as usual as a human race. How do we know, um, you know, that we are actually living versus just being alive? And I kind of liked that. My one joke is that Neo is the um, Neo is the elder millennial of this um, of this movie in terms of him going and not having to deal with these younger people and they're talking about micro things and portals and all that kind of stuff. And he just knows phone booths. Um, so he's like the elder millennial, just kind of living his way through that whole stuff. I have other notes here, but the more spoilery kind of something. There was this one thought that did cross my mind um, watching it play out. I don't, I don't think it's spoilery, but it, I remember seeing that. Um, there was a, I remember seeing a post on social media years ago where they played around with the idea that um, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, is actually in a mental health is in a mental institution and his doctor is called Dr. Joe Carr. And, um, you know, all the villains that are there are actually orderlies and all that kind of stuff. So that's how he's interpreting his whole vigilanteism as just being in a mental institution. And that for me, um, kind of like that crossed my mind when I was looking at it in terms of how uh, Thomas sees the world versus how Neo um, sees the world. And in a very weird kind of way, especially when they started to talk about Warner Brothers, um, you remember that scene in America? You remember coming out towards the end of America's Sweethearts, for those who saw America's Sweethearts, um, years and years ago, where the director stops um, doing the film that the studio wanted him to do and just does this whole take on what Hollywood is and the actors and kind of spewing all the business and everybody was just kind of like, ew, what's happening? That is kind of um, where my brain went to that. I, I think it was Christopher Walken was the director, was was acting as the director. All in all, I had fun. I had fun with it. Um, it was a vibe and, and Matthew knows how I pretty much like I got my um, my Matrix binary mask, and I have my stuff and all this kind of stuff because it was one of those. Oh yeah, that mask is hella dope, by the way. Hello. I, I shall send word to the creator so that she can maybe make more. Um, but uh, yeah, I I had fun with it. There were parts of it that was, like I said, the first part was hella annoying for me, um, but it was cool. It was vibes. So that's me, non-spoilery. Alright, alright. And last but not least, uh, Daniel, your thoughts on Matrix Resurrections. Tracy, you stole my my opinion. <laughs> it, was, it, was the, it was the Force Awakens. It was the Force Awakens for me. It was the Force Awakens with a, a lot of meta humor. And the humor in the beginning of the movie, there was a part of it that made me be like, nah, this is not for me. This is not for me. And I'll we'll get into that when we get to spoilers. Ah. Uh, the the action scenes were not as good as the as the previous. I agree. Uh, when I was watching like the 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 third act, like I was like, why is the action like not so inspired? I mean, we expected better from a Matrix movie. Uh, 
Yeah, the the ideas were good, especially with uh, Neil Patrick Harris's har- uh, character, mm-hmm. the anal- the analyst. I I he was an interesting concept that I uh, I don't know. It just the ideas they were there, but they felt kind of half baked, and I don't know. Like this is a really hard thing for me to judge without getting into spoilers. So, uh, my opinion on it. I did not really care for this one. Sorry, but let's go into spoilers because I need to talk about some crap. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, let's, 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 right? So, um, you know, uh, as this I, is the spoiler section now, you've been warned 54321. Uh, we could just kind of button and say, hey, you know what I mean? Um, this scene here, remember the scene? I didn't really like the scene or this moment or whatever it is, right? There is, yeah. there, there's a scene I think a lot of people have been alluding to that I want to address and ask what what everyone's thoughts were on specifically for me the part where the movie begins and it starts like the very first film and then all of a sudden you get these characters going oh yeah this is like how it happened the last time and then you're like wait 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 a minute and then like it becomes these characters watching what's going on and then like it plays out but then differently and then they interrupt it and it's right thoughts yeah yeah, well, that, that that's actually what I wanted to start off with, to, to be honest, right? Um, but, you know, I will say, I will say, though, just in terms of, of just, you know, um, getting us back into the world of the Matrix, I do like, I do like the, the, um, the title credits. Well, I should say, you know, the, the um, this title of the film, particularly, you know, when you see Resurrections and you see the code actually like rising up from the bottom of the screen. I thought I was like, oh, okay, yes. that's, that's smart. That's, that's clever. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so that, that whole opening sequence is right part of the plot, and it make it make perfect sense. They explain it later, right? Where oh yeah, what it is, it's right. It's what it is. Its purpose is to grow a digital sentience that is based off of Morpheus and Agent Smith, and yeah. that's the creative move. And this is this is designed by New in his game to escape the real Matrix. So it's a nice little rigmarole, trap and plan, and then it's the meta commentary and narrative played in the conceit of the, the narrative itself. Love it. Right. Simple idea, and, and they make it work because they had um, Buds, you know, be the one to, to find Morpheus and then use Morpheus to break him out. Now. And what it plays with, it plays with the whole studio note of wanting the, the prequel Matrix thing now. Because remember, they wanted Michael B. Jordan to play a young Morpheus. And like this. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I, so I was like, that's so I was reading that whole scene. I was like, oh, shit, that's where they're going with it. And then they had uh, Yael Dul Martin um, be absolutely hilarious with it. So he's more yeah. like a kind of a weird pimp, you know, yeah. kind of weird old character. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I, and it was I, funny and it works. I didn't like that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Yaya as, a, as an actor, but yeah. like the, the way when they, when they finally plug Neo into the Matrix and like, well, they plug him into the construct and you see Yaya's Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. Like sitting yeah, up in, about, in the contract and he dancing around. I was like, yeah. what, is, what the hell is going on? Exactly, because he's not, 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 the Yaya character now is just a when it when it when it come later when he, he could exist in the outside state with this um I forget what you call it magnetic balls yeah. kind of thing pretty yeah. cool yeah I, I'll like, talk yeah, about that too 
Yeah. Cool premise, they make it work. Yeah, Morpheus, it's not Morpheus. It's not the same Morpheus. I, I call him modal Morpheus, but that's basically what he was. It was a modal they created, well, um, Neo created, just to create this thing to break him out. It's just a key. And, but right. he ended up being a person on his own. They, they should, I don't know if you would have had an arc one way or the other, but it still works for me. And I enjoy all of that. Well, right. for me, I like that opening sequence and like the way it gets kind of interrupted because it very much sets the expectation. And it kind of sets like, it's it's one of the first sequences that gives you um the kind of like look into like Lana's creative process, trying to even think where to begin with making a new Matrix movie. Because right. like one of the things that the film is very upfront about is what do you how do you follow up when you have made something that is considered like revolutionary and groundbreaking, right? Like right. how do you create something to like follow that up? And then so like kind of starting the film with we're not, like, like literally having new characters interrupt what is essentially, like, a complete recreation of the original movie. Yeah, exactly. They do, the, just... they do the basically the, or, the audience perspective premise, fans in the yes. world. Again, because they play Bugs and all the other characters. Again, we, we mentioned this with Hawkeye, the concept of the Ascended fan guild now. What, what would it be yes. like to live in this universe? And it, this is your history. But there are also pop culture artifacts within the world, if you think about right. it. Right, and we see a oh, lot yeah. of characters like that, you know, I never met a legend, I don't know how to deal with legends, how to deal with this going forward, how to take it seriously. And then where again, this was again again ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag, you know, you could have you could have fit this out in more episodes. But Niobe being the skeptic character, being the leader for the future, works because she'd never yes. believe in you. She'd never yep. believe in you one. The, the idea was always a trap and it was always bullshit. And they make it they make it work as a conceit in this now. It's like, yeah, Neo himself kind of never believed anyone, if you think about it. Um, and, no, you know, we no. see that in the, in the, well, in the second and third films. Mm -hmm. But again, it's that same Baudrillard, you know, how to, you know, the system traps you. And then when they explain what the right. analyst was doing and why he was doing, again, I felt he was harming it up too much, a little too much tell, don't show, monologuing yeah. villain stuff. But yeah. again, I like the concept. Yeah. I, 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 li I, li I like the concept of the analyst as being like this corrupted version of the, of the architect. I like yes. this. I like yeah. this guy. No, basically, he's, yes, he's a young upstart, right? You know, that's what he is. Because he, he said that. He, he, he said the last guy only cared about numbers and so and so. And he, like, just basically had to climb up, climb up the, 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 the corporate ladder, now, effectively, of the machine world. Just right. to say, oh, well, oh, well you know, I'm I, I making the Matrix even better and more efficient. And here's why. Well, well that's, and, what I, that's what I love about him as a villain. Like, he feels yeah. like, because, like, the, 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 they mentioned at one point, like, the whole conceit is like any computer program. Right. It, like, like, eventually you have to have an update, like a new update. And so it's like, hmm, right. how does an updated Matrix continue to, like, ensnare its, like, how does an updated Matrix, ins like, keep people sleeping? And I was thinking, right. and it was, and it was wild because, like, like, the best way I could describe the analyst is that he kind of functions almost like the YouTube algorithm. Like, that's the best right. way I could describe well, no, the he's, analyst. He's, like, he's, the, he's the asshole corporate upstart yes. to, to, to basically say, well, I need to do this ten times better somehow. But you can't. Like, sorry, and, you're, you're dealing with history. And well, he himself is, as, to me, he was also a stand-in for WB, like some WB exec who wanted yes. to do, you know, Matrix in the future. Like, again, it's all that meta-commentary, onto meta-commentary stuff. Uh, yeah, well, and that, that's why it would. Yeah, and, well, I, and I also I also like in the um the when the police started to break into the into the offices, and he basically when Smith, when Smith was revealed and he was gonna shoot Neo in the head, and it's like the analyst basically did the re the rewind 
and is right. he basically playing with his mind is like that was a good call on like how the matrix could uh, affect your mental health and right. like, oh yeah, that, that was, yeah. That was oh, no no like, like, there's a lot of it there's a lot waking up and he would just wake up in his room you remember yeah, like, yeah. something yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he would just like when his mouth closed in the first one and he just woke up in his bed right it was yeah, like right. a call back to that for me yeah exactly but that was the conceit yeah that was the conceit the analyst was doing he's like yeah look i just need to gaslight new as much and then when they explain well why he was doing it this way is that again corporate profits like it's just yes. it's it's clearly less stable he's not as much of the artisan that the architect was He's not as, as intelligent as what the Oracle was in terms of solving the problem. He just needed as much energy as possible. It's very late-stage capitalism conceit oh, right. right there. Because he clearly made an inferior version of the Matrix compared to what the art- architect did. Right? right? It's less stable. It's super easy. Like, Neo was breaking out constantly. Mm-hmm. That, that was the whole point. He, like, he, was, he, was keep, he keep fucking it up, you know. In fact, bringing back an old anomaly to solve the problem is an incredibly stupid move. If you think about yeah. it. And, and we, oh, they yeah. address that in the storytelling. Like, they say, yeah, they, they run out of power and, and the machines was fighting amongst themselves because they just get greedy on energy. Like, this energy. They're still using the dumb energy conceit, which I, I hate, but whatever. Um, but they, they still, they, they play with that as the, the conceit. is like, yeah, the machines was fighting amongst themselves. And they did something which I, I felt they should have explored. And they explored it in the third film and they explored it a little bit in this film, but I hated that they didn't touch upon it enough. The idea of which side is our side and their side. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that because we get to see machines that are, uh, that are you know, well Friendly. sympathetic. Friendly. And, like, one of, and have one saw some of that in the Animatrix, right? Like, you saw some of that in the Animatrix, where oh, yes. you could convert machines yeah. to the good mm-hmm. side, well, to the human side. But no, the whole point is that, yeah, the machines, a lot of the machines are the victims in, in all of the situation as well, right? It's not well, just what, human versus machine. Oh, yeah. Well, I, that was one of my favorite parts of the sequels, is honestly the, intro- yeah. the introduction that, like, not all the sentient programs are inherently. I feel like one yeah. of my criti- one of my criticisms of the original film is that it kind of ends up reading as this machines bad tri- triumph of the human right. spirit. Like no, but that, you know, exactly because the first but, the first film the first film has a very insidious undertone to it that the second films try to address. In my opinion, yes. at least I, that's how I see they do. Which is oh, I would agree. With look, that. I could we could burn down the system, man. Fuck everybody else. That that bullshit. And yes, because the first film works so well as a great adolescent story. Like, let us it be clear. Does. It taps into the adolescent mind very well. But that could go in a very dark direction. And that could be, basically, it could turn into a fight club, right? Like, that's what it could happen. And it, it also gets into, well, let us be clear. There's a lot of, like, alt-right Trump politics bullshit going on. Like, yes! the, idea, the idea that, well, two things. One, I interpret, I love the idea of, this is how I saw it. Again, this is me reading it. This is my read and my lens and subtext. But the idea of did they replace the police and and the agents into the concept of everyone is an agent now. They think yes. about it. That's a lot of white America police shooting. Well, I could just take up a gun myself kind of bullshit now. Right. I interpret it like that. It's the last four years of politics. And basically the good guys can't can be like, well, I, I don't know how we're going to deal with this. We can't believe we, 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 we fucked this up. I thought we solved the problem. And that, right. that kind of complacency is what destroyed us. Because that's what they addressed with Morpheus. The reason why Morpheus failed as a leader is because, yeah, he thought Neo was, was the savior and, and they could never undo what he did. And they're like, no, that is not exactly, not the situation at all. He fell, he fell victim to that, that false narrative now. Um, well, that, because, because Neo never spoke to Morpheus properly about, you know, what the architect told him, Morpheus still fall for the bullshit now, at least a certain type of bullshit. Um, and they, they addressed that really well in it. That's why Naomi works as a leader because she right. never believed the bullshit. She never get trapped now. 
um, and her what what she wanted to do with Io and everything like that. I really liked it, but she also oh, yeah. was too wrong. I like what they do with that. Again, ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag is a real shame that they couldn't get this to flesh this out better. Now, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry right. about that. Um. Well, okay. Well, those, those are great thoughts, guys. I, I was loving all that. Right. It was really, really, really. No, just really insightful, right? Um, but mm-hmm. you know, just just touching on what Ricardo was saying about you know ten pounds of shit, I do agree though because I I feel like just the I um just the the IO um sections of the films it, itself right involving IOB that should have been like you know like if we if we were looking at this as a limited series this could have just been like you know just a, a like a two three episodes and then it will lead into like what the big climax would be now. I felt right. like okay like like she was just there and she just kind of explained what went on okay Morpheus died okay and all that kind of stuff and the machines and you know there's a plot that goes on which I'll get into but after that plot takes place it just kind of stops you know what I mean and I just felt like it was just introducing all these characters giving them moments but they don't ever follow back on it so like right okay, what whatever happened to Naomi and Ayu, like we, we just kinda leave them there. Okay. Yeah, they um, just, I just it, yeah. Yeah, I felt it even even more now with the with the crew, uh with the new crew that we introduced with. Yeah. And I yeah, like the they're they very are, underrated. Um, yeah, I, I, I underrated. thought it was, I was one, loving one sec, a lot one of them. Sec, one sec, I do like the fact that they are, you know, fanboys and fan girls, right? right? But I felt like we didn't get enough of them. Like we, we saw them a couple of times during, you know, some of the, the, the um the action scenes in the second and third act. But after that, we like compared to the first movie, we don't really know anything about them other than oh, we, right. we just kind of grew up on you know learning about Neo and what he did, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no, last is it is it is it explained how they get out of the Matrix this time? Because I know, like in the previous movies, they use the phones. Is it true? Yeah, yeah, right. Now? Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a great like a, a conceit as well. This whole um, Alice in Wonderland mirrors and doors thing now, right? Yeah. Because they yes. clearly evolve. They clearly evolve the tech from how to escape from the Matrix. In the first that one. was which, which of course leads to some of like as far as like like I know we were saying earlier that some of the action scenes weren't like you know compared to the original films but for me the the few action scenes that actually did stand out were the ones where they ended up utilizing that whole mirrors and doors yeah, exactly. idea right, then yeah, i'm exactly. like oh, okay now we're back in the matrix now we're like rewriting how to do action sequences cuz like right. especially that one thing where like um it's the it's a it's a doorway that's like on the floor or whatever and like right. the character goes through it and the camera spins cuz now they're right. in like a different, yeah exactly like, yeah that but we see that we see really all of that cool. tech from we see all of that tech in the second film where we call him um, Seraph, Seraph the Oracle. Seraph, yeah. Seraph mm. the Oracle and um, Keymaker was bouncing the backlogs of it. The humans didn't understand that until they saw that. And then they clearly took that information and ran with it with the whole mirrors and doors stuff. And yes. bounced around. And I love that. All the evolution stuff. It has an idea in this that I had my, for my write-up for what I did. I had my own fan write-up for what I did, what, what, what a Matrix sequel would have been. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of bringing information from the Matrix into the real world. The strawberry. Loved it. Right? Small All right, conce- yeah, that, that, that moment. Okay, okay. Small thing, you could tell now you'll be really trying to build something now. So build something interesting, you know? The oh, relationship yeah. between her and, you, and the machines, isn't it? It's us and them to build something in the future. I love right, all of that. Us, not us versus them, which yeah, is like... Yeah, us and them. Exactly. Because my, my right. personal favorite part of, of Revolutions, and this is my last point, and I'll go stop. And I'll give my <laughs> uh, My personal favorite part of Revolutions is with Sati, Sati's dad and, and Neo. When they were talking to Neo, 
and they just talk about the premise of love. And even yes. Neo kind of get called out for being a bit of a prejudice, kind of a bigot now. He's like, what, love? What does machines have to do with love? And the, the, the father was like, no, this is love is just a word. This is what you have to think about it in that way. So even Neo still couldn't free his mind from something like that now. Um, mm-hmm. and, they, they made, and that's why I think Lana was doubling down within this one now. Uh, about yes. this kind of universalized agape, if you want to, you know, if you, if you know that term, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they make it, I, I thought they made it work. Like, that's a, a lot of this works. And again, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. And it, it, that's the frustrating part about this, unfortunately. But yeah, right, yeah. Uh, that's it. Um, I just uh, want to yeah, mention. Ratings, ratings and yeah, another. Well, all right, all right. Give, give the rating. Give the rating. Yeah, ratings. Uh, 7 out of 10, closer to 8. Um, really because everything just stuck into a small space and you can not tell a proper story in, in two and a half hours or however long this was. Uh, yeah, that's me. So I'm out of 10, closer to 8 than a 6, but uh, it's, a, it's a real unfortunate shame that we couldn't get a 6 to 8 episode series run from this. However, moving on. Yeah, you, 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 you're really charitable with this film, though. But, I mean, it's understandable. No! Right? Um, it, it, no, 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 seriously, it's understandable, right? But, you know, I'll get to my written later on, right? Um, you know, as you mentioned, fight scenes now. You know, I missed seeing you and whooping's um choreography yes. man I was looking in the credits so and missed. god damn it his name was not there i was like why you know what i mean so yeah the fights just didn't work for me they just felt very very reminiscent of what we saw before uh case in point where you know in the training room right with um with uh new morpheus you know morpheus 2.0 or whatever and neo right um i, I want to mention to like in the beginning where uh morpheus or at least the character morpheus thought he was smith and i felt like in that fight scene with them you know if you notice how brutal he was moving towards him like i felt like this was something that uh, agent smith would do where you just keep like pummeling pummeling like if you notice like in the real world you see like um neo was bleeding out of the mountain you know what i mean which is a thing that you know when um neo fought smith for the first time in um that train station that was the same thing that was happening blood was coming out of his mountain you know what i mean but i felt like like how i interpreted it was just something that he couldn't um like, just something that he wasn't in control of. Like, he was just doing it because his head is like, all right, I'm Morpheus. I have to push this guy to be great, but I don't really know how to do it. Because if you notice, like, you know, Morpheus is kind of cool towards him now, you know what I mean? But in this one, it's just like, no, I'm, like, going to beat the shit out of you just for you to understand what's really important here. It's like, you know, it's for Trinity. Fight for her and all that kind of stuff now. Right. Um, but for me, though... All right, like I saw it in the trailers. Okay, fine, but this whole force field powers that Neo have just felt mm. cheap. It just felt uninspired. It's like, yeah. all right, we, we we can't do the whole stopping bullets thing again. We 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 seen the flying stuff already. What else we could we could do? Okay, how about force fields? All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> at the first time it looked like a like a like a like a um, like well, a like an invisible Hadouken. Yeah, cool. well, it was. <laughs> yeah, to me, it was just I, a natural evolution. I thought it was just a natural evolution of his telekinetic powers. We know he's telekinetic. Like we see him use telekinesis all the time. We see him yeah, pull yeah. the size. We see him stop the bullets. We, we so I don't. It wasn't too far fetched. The problem is that they kind of overuse it and they get real old real fast. So, the yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the final goddamn much. The final yeah. action scene when they're driving through and he's using it a lot. Then that was when I was like really tired of it. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're done. I, like because like when they're driving through on the motorbike and he's like force pushing the like zombie mode agents away it was like oh, okay yeah I'll, I'll get to that before you i'm done up. with yeah. this at that right. point um i i do like how they established um thomas anderson in this quote-unquote real world um there were a few moments like in, in that action scene it that he would place which i i, I absolutely enjoyed though this is where it kind of um 
you know, it resembles where uh, Morpheus contacts Neo for the first time in his workplace back in the first film, but it just leads to this full-out shootout, right? Um, I felt like, you know, leading up to it, you know, because we have to talk about Keanu's acting range here. Not, not oh, yeah. as uh, far as all that, because like, it's not perfect, right? But uh, still, I felt that there were moments, and particularly in the bathroom scene where Morpheus yeah. confronts him for the first time where mm-hmm. the acting distance land boy it's just like mm-hmm. leave me alone like I, I i can't believe this this can't be true and it's just like uh yeah. come on yeah. come, come on go a little further but i know it's this acting range right whatever right um but yeah that that the i should say the central action scene um that takes place where um you're seeing um well this is when you fight smith now and you're seeing exiles now i felt like the exiles themselves because i know they're trying to go for what you, you saw in, in reloaded but unlike reloaded these guys look like just cosplay performers they just dress up like just weird for the my sake of- Ma- matthew 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 I need I need to I need to mention this. Uh, when the when this character comes out, you know who I thought he was. I thought he was the train man at first. Me too. Same. But, but, uh, I, I, I thought he was the train man. Yeah, again, not a bad idea. When they bring back him, that's the Merovingian. Yes, Merovingian. I was like, what? By the way, guys, that's all, guys. By the way, this this we'll get this all to me. As far as in terms of just bringing back new characters, they did. A boy, the Merovingian, the dirtiest boy. I mean, <laughs> he's not the most likable character in the world, right? But I like his causality and, you know, the whole belief yeah. in that, oh, I can just do whatever I want to get away with it because, you know, it doesn't even matter. I like that. Like, he's an asshole and stuff. But I, how did you hear in this boy? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't care. So much, boy. And but he was just admit- doing all this dumb meta stuff and, oh, and, you know, this new generation and, right. you know, with Facebook and all these things and social media is like, dog, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. But, uh, that, that yeah. but that makes sense. But that makes sense to me. They, they fuck up his life effectively because, like, he was living big and all he had to do is just change the system and that's it. He lose all his wealth and his thing and everything like that. Though. Like, okay, that but you just did in the background, just mumbling. Oh, and this, this, this new. He can never fight you. The, the social media. People can never, never fight you. Know? So it's like, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 That was that was painful. That was painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was funny. I was I. I kind of wish it had been the train man because the train man is one of those characters that like people shit on, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I love the train man. He's a cool character. Yeah. Like if People the train man, time. like I feel like, like honestly, if I had ha- if I had had to do like a rewrite on this script, I was like, well, we can't get um, we can't get weaving back, so let's just drop Smith altogether. Uh, let's not have the engine, and instead we just collapse both those characters into the train man. There, right. Now, well, like the, just, the whole the whole time he was on the whole time the tri- uh the Merovingian was on screen, I was like, why has nobody shot him in the head yet? <laughs> why has nobody shot cute. him? Yet? The thing with He's him is right like he, there. Like to me, he became like the, the tra- actually trained man in a previous cycle was wealthy and and well to do, you know. And then the matrix changed, and like life is a mess now, and he's barely struggling. So that's what happened to him. Like, uh, 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 it's a cycle. True. And I'm gonna yeah, go. If you say so, if you say I'm, gonna, so no, I'm gonna agree with with Ricardo on that one because yeah, when you that. look at it in in the last of the trilogy, where my boy stands up and says in the train, he says, "Down here, I am God." Exactly. Right. And you, his interactions with the then Merovingian who had the club and all this kind of stuff. If we're talking about the fact that there have been six iterations, there have been six versions of the Matrix, whoever becomes 
the new Merovingian or whoever becomes the new leader after they've reached their 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 usefulness and the matrix is rebooted, yeah. they be either get become an exile, go mad, or just get deleted. Or get so deleted, for me, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, so for me, having the Merovingian being angry man who screams at the moon. Um, you know, griping about all the things that, for want of a better way of putting it, boomers tend right. to gripe about social media and all how it's affecting young people and you all wreck everything and this, there's no music involved and blah, 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 right. blah, 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 is, 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 is par for the course because he has legitimately become the new train man. Now, they could have explained that a little bit more, but just seeing him go around, I immediately caught it, caught on to it uh, when he yeah. appeared. Yeah. Well, I again. Okay, well, ten, ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag is a real shame that you couldn't flesh this out and have it, you know, explain a little better. It it needed it needed to breed. I think it's a yeah, good story. Yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't, didn't like that scene where they met back on um, the Marvin the Marvingian. I think it was yeah, just fast. stupid. Yeah, it, come, it, yeah it, was, it was just dumb fan service in my opinion, right? Well, like my my I don't know when I say that like the second third act kind of had pacing problems. That was kind of that scene was kind of what I was thinking of. Because, yeah. like, I was really vibing with the film, and then, like, they got to Io and things started to slow down. But then there's that bit where they go back to the Matrix, and they have that weird little fight with the people who look like... Like, those exiles look like they escaped off the set of Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, mm, yeah. honestly. <laughs> and, like, then we and then we have that fight, and then they're back in the real world, and then they get scolded, and then, you know, other things happen, and then they're back in the Matrix again. And I'm like, you could have cut that middle section out. Or you could have spread it, you could have taken any important information from that section and put it either before or after, but having them but having them kind of like ping pong between the matrix and not the matrix kind of kills the pacing in particular. And like that was the scene I was thinking like when I when I criticize the pacing of this movie, that is the sequence. For instance, like that's the scene where the kind of weak fight choreography is at its worst for me. Like I like maybe the final fight on like the highway with like the swarm mode um agents or whatever but like yeah. i didn't like like the the fight the fight choreography in that where weird warehouse with the exiles was probably the weakest there yeah like me. like I'm, I'm sorry i mean say what you want about reloaded but even that fight scene in the merovingians place like i i actually have that up as one of my favorite um uh fight sequences in in the whole trilogy right uh, speaking of which, too, um, you know, Sati. I mean, it was obvious. Yes, Priyanka, Ju um, Chopra, Jonas. Of course, she's Sati. Duh, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, what I do appreciate seeing her in this, I mean, seeing her, right? Um, and her kind of explaining what happened to her parents. I really, really dug that. Um, I felt like they just had it here for exposition because she just had to lay out this sort, sort of Ocean's Eleven-esque plan about, oh, we have to sneak in and we have to kind of help revive, you know, um, you know, uh, what's her face? Um, Trinity, you know what I mean? From her, you know, um, I was I was going to say vegetative state, right? But, you know, her in the pot, right? Basically that, right? Okay, fine. We're doing all this thing. That That's interesting, right? Um, but that, that one leads me to issue here with, you know, in terms of just giving us something new, something like Visualina, something dynamic, right? Um, okay, Morpheus has this way that you know in the in the real world he has this sort of digitized version of himself he looks like these sort of metallic balls okay but this is nothing new i've seen this before i've seen a version of this in friggin tunita genesis right so that's, that's i'm sorry i'm sorry i saw that you know with you know the whole thing with um with connor right with john connor right we, we saw something like that right right so see but we saw here, that yes, in revolutions as well when when the machines had to put together their face 
when they were talking to Neil at the oh, end. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So they just basically You mean... You mean the deus ex machina, the yeah, literal yeah, thing yeah, that is actually machina. called right. the deus yeah. ex. Mm-hmm. I yes, I know, that. right? Which, which I, which I criticize in when I talk about, um, you know, um, revolutions, right? But oh, I yeah, still um, love that bit. I still love the fact that it is literally called the deus ex machina because I'm like, look, you can't, <laughs> you cannot complain that they're trying to hide it. And like, the they cat are, is called deja vu. They are terrible. The cat's yeah, called yeah, yeah. Like, like and the, the company, the com- cat is called deja vu. No, but that, like, again, <laughs> and the company is called deus machina. Exactly. But I love that. I was like, yes. <laughs> But that's that's by designing the story because if he if he say the cat is the rival, he would escape from the matrix by seeing that. So he has to say, hey, if I say deja vu, that's a name. That's another thing that a lot of people don't get because it's a fake system and the system can process what things would play out like like in real life. A, a fake system would manifest like that. Here's one. Remember when Smith and Neo was fighting in the second film, and right. Neo grabs Smith and ch- fires him into a bunch of other Smiths, and you literally hear bowling planes ca- clash. <laughs> that's a yeah. diegetic song you know that's in the matrix yeah i know mm-hmm. you true that why because the matrix can't process that kind of weird bullshit from the matrix perspective and the calculations it's like wait wait a, a, a former agent cloning himself and, and eating other people and then the anomaly throw them into that how, how are they gonna song it have no it have no process so it just come up with nonsense now well a, a bowling ball and pins they could as the song you hear when objects clash into a heavy object clash into a bunch of light objects that's right. why I see a lot of that. It's the mm. same thing. It's just it's, it's programming within programming within programming. And that's why I, I think they wrote it. That's why I, I think that all of this is by intention. Sorry, right. guys want to say it's, wanna, it, it's bad mistakes. No, this is, by, this is by intention. It's like other right. people do this a lot. It's RoboCop. It's, it's you know, yes. it's the RoboCop ads, right? It's that. It's, it's the parody tragedy turned to fast. That's why I've seen a lot of that. Like, right, I, right. am I the only one seeing this? I don't know. Like, no, I mean, I get it. <laughs> exactly. Am, am I the only I'm, one? I'm anyone, not buying anyone? it, sorry. <laughs> 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 I don't buy it. Yeah. Oh, man, sorry. Yeah. Um, um, and also, just, just for me, I mean, I could be wrong with this, though, but um, I didn't find myself particularly wowed by the visual effects. Uh, cinematography, I thought, was pretty solid, though, especially right. in the first act. The use of blue that he used, especially right. like a lot of great yes. Lots of great use, usage of color here, it, right? Is a real shame. Is a real shame they couldn't get back weaving because, like, it had a great cut with weaving in the building, like Smith, and it cut to weaving in the first yes. film, and mm-hmm. cuts back in the green from the green to the the green hue to the uh the I forget which which color hue they use. I think it's red, slightly redder. Um, right. I thought that was a great like little call, but it's a shame, real shame they couldn't get back weaving, Jared. Yeah, boy, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hugo Weaving, you you will be missed in this series, boy, right? Yeah. But yeah, he, um, was he but, was he offered the chance to come back and just turned it down, or what I'm, happened there? Does anyone know? I, I think know. I think I think he just so deep into theater, he's like, no, this is beyond me. I I, I I'm I not doing this because he, 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 a guy will say yes to, to to. I mean, I don't know how who, who will say no to Lana unless you're like a big philosopher like John Bojard who did say no to Lana and Lily Wachowski back when the second film was made. Uh, yeah, it's that he would. I think he would have said yes because I think um, this fellow was was cut out or wrote not written out entirely. Uh, Lawrence Freshman, um, and what they did with him, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah, as far as visual effects go, you know, they were fine, but they just didn't blow. They just didn't blow me away. It didn't remind me of how, um, I mean, not to say like the original trilogy had some like extraordinary visual effects, but for its time, it was spectacular, right? Here, I didn't really feel that, feel it. Um, particularly the moments where you see, you know, the, um, 
where you see the machines themselves, you know what I mean, where they just like hood and the humans and all that kind of stuff. It looks very um, reminiscent of like what we saw in the first movie, right? But it just felt like a copy and paste kind of thing, right? Even right down to the machines themselves just didn't have that fearsome look to them, right? Uh, no one of them was used basically to pluck Neo out and they were, you know, they were they were by design, you know, by by the uh, the crew members, you know, they were saving them basically, right? But even that itself, just that design of the of the um, the Squiddy didn't really look all that. Uh, amazing to me even right down to this new weird kind of machine um uh so so sort of a hybrid of a like a matra kind of thing like you know it just reminds me of like one of those like japanese you know monsters but they just oh, kind of yeah. it as a machine um <laughs> i think it's sati's own no not sati's is one of the, the crew members they have that right i was just watching that and i was like um, is, is this Star Wars? Is this some kind of like what is this looking like? Some kind of thing for kids? Like, cause it looked like it's just designed to sell toys, and even worse now because you have like this miniature, like machine thing that's helping the um the the, the pilot of the ship itself. I like, well, we 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 in Last Jedi here. Is this one of those <laughs> those those um those bird creature things from Last Jedi? Like, what are we doing here? They, and they didn't really do, they didn't really add anything. It's just like, oh, this looks so cute, but. Bro, like it's re- resurrections. Is is the matrix it's supposed to be dark? What's what's all this light PG shit? Like, come on, right? Um, and then just to close things off, as far as action goes, though, like yes, uh, I keep saying I like that um that that opening action sequence, right? Especially with Playoff, right? But where I really felt they just dropped the ball, boy, was in that finale, boy. Um, okay, so for one thing, all right, I understand you want to give a really extraordinary moment, right? But, oh gosh, man, you're going to have people in the same area, right, be zombified by something called the Swarm, which was invented for this show, right? And you had, and it's all just set up too. It's like, you just see this couple sleeping, and this one guy wakes up, and you just see his eyes turn green. green and he, he just says, oh, he jumps off a window, and he falls, and he, you're thinking, all right, when he explodes, and when he hits the, the ground, something's going to happen. No, he just turns into, into Matrix code. So, like, what? Okay. Like, and you know, first thing that came to mind when I saw this, right? To be honest, to be honest, I was thinking about Fear to the Furious. Remember that moment with the the cars that they were, you know, they were just falling from like this big car shopping, (laughs) and it was zombified cars. The zombified cars. Yeah, the zombified cars. That's what I was thinking about. So I was wondering, is Slana's way of come out of doing commentary on just these over the top, audacious, ridiculous action scenes, like you see, like a Fast and Furious movie, but. It's just people dropping, and then you have this sort of Walking Dead. Well, not even Walking Dead. Sorry, more like you know, uh, twenty days later kind of moments. So you have all these zombified people running and trying to attack, um, you know, Neo and, and and Trinity. I'll talk about Trinity um, when you wrap up. Um, but it's just it just didn't do anything for me, and it's just Neo just doing all this force field powers. Boom, boom, boom. Look at me, force field. Ooh, I was like. Does it though? I gave it worse though when it when 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 it uh, when dawn sh- when when uh, when it's dawn now and they just have a couple of helicopters and they're shooting missiles and Neo's deflecting them and it's like well all right well that that does it okay and the whole just is you know can Neo fly can Neo fly can Neo fly but I don't know just just something about that those those final action sequences just didn't work for me though I will say though um leading up to it you know the whole um well we didn't well you know the whole reveal of the the um the analyst being what he is. Um, I, I do kind of do have to disagree with you, um, CC, in terms of, you know, the high frame rate, I felt it was overused here. Um, they, they kind of make it work a little bit where he's moving, you know, um, in normal speed, but everything else is moving slow, I get that, but as soon yeah. as they use a high frame rate, I was just like, ugh. 
this look kind of cheap. This look kind of it's like oh well you know like you sorry to to, to quote uh, Mike Michael here now it look kind of student filmy like okay we have to show right. this in a dynamic way but we don't have the money so let's try a, a optical effect how about high frame rate right but you know but you know the whole slowing down stuff you know with the bullet in particular that that really worked for me right um and how he 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 comes in now especially when you know Trent he comes in that was really great as well right um you know it was the analyst um i didn't particularly like how the you know how how smith was gotten rid of i felt he could have done that way 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 better it was just like oh by the way yeah boom that's it the end yeah, what Good happened night, to smith again <laughs> that's the thing he, he, he just like, gets I, shot I, and that was it he turns the code and that's no, it he, he, no, he just um he was you it, he developed a, feelings for you no, well, he, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. I am well, well, this. Yeah, like it was, it was just underwhelming, man. I mean, it's a whole big rivalry thing again, but it's Smith. Y'all, I, want, y'all decided to bring him back, so why yeah. just off him just like that? Boom. Well, we don't know. They didn't kill him. They didn't kill him. No, he was, in the end. Yeah, he was apparently he was just possessing somebody, and then right. he just dicks, and then he dicks off. Yeah, he like, could. Oh, can right, move, right, right. Can right move yeah. to the court. Because remember, remember in the last matrix, he literally occupied everyone. Mm-hmm. So he, right, he yes, like yes. has full access to the code, wherever it is now. He could be anyone, as he says now. Again, it's a cop out to explain away why he's not Hugo even, but I still like whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. And last, last, last thing, last on my end, right? Um, Trinity. Loved seeing her back. I love how they set it up with, and you know, perfect choice of the whole coffee shop thing. Cause like, oh yeah, I see you in this coffee shop by yourself. Hey, my name is Tiffany, and you know, this is my. That was a nice reveal with you know mm-hmm. her having a husband and um, two sons, I believe it was, right? That was that was cool. That was cool, right? Um, and you know, just the story, um, which I, I should have seen coming, but um, I was just kind of watching the show play out for itself, right? Where it's like, oh, well, we need Trinity to to kind of you know come re- come into realization that who, you know that she is Trinity at the end of the day, right? And not Tiffany, right? Right. Um, the whole idea, the, the whole backstory that you know the the analyst gives in terms of why they're important, that is one that I have to kind of rethink and while because I really do want to rewatch this, right? Because right. <laughs> honestly, I just, I just could I, at first. I was just like, "All right, they're really that important, though." But then I no, get right. no, 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 no. Well, that's, that's the thing. And how they okay. were important in the trilogy. I, I thought, I, th- I thought that was a good explanation. So, how I think of the anal- analyst, I think of him as remember Jared Leto's character in um, Blade Runner, the new one. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which I love by the way. I know some right. people. Right, I kind of think of him like that. He, he, he's clearly not as good as the original, uh, as the architect. And he clearly, no, but no, no. he needed a shortcut. He clearly do a shortcut. Yes. And he, he, in my opinion, his version of the Matrix is clearly inferior. Because right. it's not a letting the Matrix play out naturally and, and get into that. What happens is that they, they clearly, they're clearly suffering from resources. So they need to pull as much energy from you as possible. And so they, they say, you just straight up take the anomaly back. Instead of yes. waiting for another anomaly to show up that, like naturally, like according to the original design, he just wanted to do a bullshit shortcut shortcut and then take the anomaly back because they need yes. as much energy as possible and they say that you say oh well you know i, I need to put in a space of of horror and gaslighting and you're close mm-hmm. to getting free but not really but that's the best right. way because and they do that it's a, it's a big big conceit of capitalism clearly there's a lot of it's, it's capitalism stuff right um but yeah i love what they do with that in terms of that's it and that was the explanation that was it he just he's not as good as a designer he you know he just utterly impatient and he just kind yes. of fucking it up because new keep escaping 
and he had to do all of this rigmarole to make it work. And the only reason that the only thing that is keep him there is because of Trinity. Right. So like and what they what they reveal and what they do with Trinity at the end make perfect sense to me because yeah, the code just bleeding in and in and out now. He just he just keep fucking up the code. And, yeah, and right, she yeah, say yeah. she say that in the end, and it's like, well, you know, if you left things as 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 is, it would have been better off for you, you know, but you was too greedy. And we kind of glad that he did that because now we are the power owner. Like I like that. Great. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What I really like about the analyst is that the analyst feels like like the analyst feels like uh, like as a villain, feels as petty as Smith, but as like God complexy is the architect, which is what I really like about him. And what I like is that he's so, again, it reminds me of how you get all these algorithms on social media and all these websites that feel weirdly invasive and personal. Like that whole phenomenon where you like, even you talk about something and then all of a sudden on Facebook, like you're saying like, oh man, my back is killing me. I need to get a new mattress. And then like Facebook starts giving you like ads for like local places in your area. Uh That kind of like it uh-huh. feels the analyst feels like that level of like creepy and invasive. And I love that, like, especially like having him as an analyst also brilliant because like this is one of the areas which I think the movie is like very, very personal because I'm watching this and I'm watching the way that like like not like not like an actual good effective analyst. He does a lot of like telling Neo what he's like what he's feeling or doing. And I'm like, man, Lana Wachowski had a really shitty analyst at one point and is like working some of that crap out because like there are a lot of there's a lot of like the really like i don't know if you've ever had the experience of having like a really bad like therapist who who does a lot of time telling you how you feel rather than like exploring what you actually feel and like that is where the analyst Right, fits. I, 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 I think love they, that. I, they did. They did that really well of of mental health and the problem of mental health because they do the whole premise of gaslighting so well now. And like, yes. yeah, a lot of people in the medic, in the <coughs> mental health um industry are bad at their jobs and they, they gaslight people instead of like actually you know getting people out of the space and it, especially yeah. with the trans right, transgender right, community. Right. That's a yes. whole thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I I love all of that. I find it, it it's it's a very auto film. Like it works. It is. In it sense. is. It is. In, in, in a sense, right? And I also should mention, um, as you brought up that, I actually dug that whole um the well the therapy session that you see with uh well you know with with with, with the analyst we don't know he, he when we didn't know he was that character right that therapy mm-hmm. session with him and um and and Thomas right like I actually appreciate that I love the the um the the dialogue that um that Neil gives here right. Yes. Um, but as far as, as Trinity goes, right? So, you know, the whole reveal that yes, she could fly too. That 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 was pretty interesting as well, right? What I did not appreciate though was that visual callback to um, Neo holding Morpheus's hand. You know, being well, you know, Trinity was swinging him and the helicopter stuff in the first movie, right? Because they literally played the same goddamn music from that moment. Uh, and you know the way how they framed it's just like oh well i'm holding you and i'm almost like i'm suspended here by this um this wire as well too or rope whatever it is and i was just like all right but oh gosh we we have to do these references and callbacks again you know what i mean so last thing though um so i i do like you know where they they, they come back together it's like you know reuniting and feels so good right and yes. you know they yeah, they come to the to the um i say architect right to the analyst and talking about oh we're gonna change the world and blah 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 right so reference to like how the the first movie ends right and then uh, sorry for being a nitpicker <laughs> but literally do a remake of reach against the machines wake up I hate it. literally the same moment <laughs> with them flying past the camera. And yep. I was just like, oh, good. 
I, I hate this version that. of it. No disrespect to the singer. I like, why are we doing this shit? Why are we doing this? It lacks the punch that the first movie had. Exactly. Where it's like, oh, now we now, now that my eyes are open, no. No, all right, the whole world is my playground now, so I could do anything. And yeah, that's when you know the song Wake that's Up comes in now. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just feels like again. like um it just yeah. feels like you know, oh we we, we trying to, 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 to pay ref, to pay tribute to it though, but it just felt half fast in my opinion. I'm sorry, just that last moment and just that song, the version of the song was just that was just egregious in my opinion, but that, that was a yeah. letdown. I hated that. Like the, the lead singer, j- just to jump on that nitpick, the lead singer of who is singing the cover of Wake Up is like, the her voice doesn't, if it's a he or a she, that voice does not have the same amount of aggression that Zach De La Rocha of Bridge Against Thank the Machine you. has. Yes, because yes. yes. recorded in the 90s with the anti culture, everything. <laughs> you needed the 90s behind it. <laughs> it doesn't have that kind of aggression. It's like it's kind of mellow. It's a mellowish voice. It's like yeah. okay, and I you don't know, feel you know it would have been worse. It would have been worse if she had ended it with the "How long? Not long, because what you reap is what you sow." It would have sounded horrible. I yes. <laughs> yes, I didn't sit through that. Like as soon as as soon as I heard the um the Rage Against the Machine cover, I was like, nah, I exit this off right now. I'm not sitting around to watch the watch the credits. Well, they do a post credit scene. It's short. Um, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I, did, I didn't that care was, for it. Though. It's all right. I, I, I again, it, it just it just tells this joke a little too much. I find it already told that joke in the in the opening sequence. So, but he decided to double down on the joke. And again, the joke is catering to cynical people now, like cynicism. Because like what that guy says at the end is like, Jesus, yeah, that's clearly not what it is about. And trying to be opposite to that, now. like Lana's message is the exact opposite of that. But the whole point is to hammer home. Cynical assholes is kind of running the roost, so whatever. Speaking, yeah, of the yeah. jokes, sp- speaking of the jokes, there's a joke in the beginning when um, Neo's assistant, Jude, I think is his name. Jesus. Right, Jude. Jude when, when he is in the beginning and he Trinity first walks into the coffee shop and she's like, what an effing milf. I was like, nah, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I was going that, I was going to X off this movie yeah, right it's, here. Yeah, it's a fanboy. Like, again, the it's a character. The entire tone was wrong, Dredd. Yeah, it's a, it's a character. The tone was wrong. People, my only, my only first critique it's tragedy, was, my, then it's farce. My only critique is that, my only critique of that bit specifically, and this is just like my screenwriter brain, is that like the kind of person who's going to say MILF is not going to say effing. Like they're gonna say the actual word, right? And I was like, which I don't think I don't think he did. I think he actually said effing in the thing, if I remember yeah, correctly. No, he he, he did, he did. How all I interpreted was because um, I was like, what? And I was like, no, 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 no. The kind of person, the kind of person. Oh, it's rated R. It's actually rated R. Why not? It is rated R. No, well, 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 here's the thing. Yeah. As, as you brought up that, how I how I felt was, you know, um, is that it was it was Lana like not wanted to drop the F bomb, the the F word at that point in time, right? But um, she actually, they actually dropped it like twice in the movie, actually. Um, yeah, quite a bit. Three, film. Three, so three I was times. like, why, why not give it three times an R-rated film, right? You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, it, it was almost like a PG-13 kind of decision. Like, okay, well, I don't want him to see it now, like maybe later on, and it will sound funny. You know what I mean? Because a character does say we're fucked and you're supposed to laugh at it. But I was like, all right, that's funny. Okay. Well, <laughs> and then there's, then, there, then there's like this very obnoxious beep when he says fucked. 
And it's like they were yeah, trying oh, to sense it. it. They yes. were trying to sense it. And it's like, no, no. I The only joke in this movie that I am okay with is that yellow suit Morpheus was wearing because next year Halloween, they're going to be hot. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was gone, amazing. Um, my boy, go and find Curious George later, right? <laughs> 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 oh my god no, my thought was oh, it was like wow morpheus just went full pimp like yeah, this is yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, i loved yeah, it I, I, I thing. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> what was neo supposed to think when a guy like that come out from like in a stall dress that's a great <laughs> like, no, like, a guy I like that walks out of the stall and says here take this pill like <laughs> yeah yeah i cried laughing right. when that scene came up i i died and i was like you know what i'll give this joke a pass i'm okay yeah. with this because i, I just pull up. because he's like i kind of like if you think about it like the original morpheus everybody used to make that joke back in the days wait you're, you're getting some pills from a black guy in a in a stormy house somewhere like that was a joke back then and they play with it so yeah makes sense he's like red pill blue pill no i don't want to be that and even when he took the pill he I got like high for a while. Yeah, he did. Like exactly. Yeah. And he's like trying to get his identity and stuff. And it's like kind of funny and quirky. So I didn't mind Morpheus being kind of loose because it had times that Morpheus character is being kind of goofy. And I actually right. really liked it because it made yeah. sense in the context of what he came out from now. And he's kind of right. like this glitchy creation of Neo. But yes. the rest right. of them, I'm not okay with. And I actually, as <laughs> much as like, like the analysts have, there's some cool aspects to the analysts. His um, what's his name again? Neil um, Neil Patrick Harris. Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Right. Yeah. Um, I really could not focus on the movie when he started to act like Zane. Yeah, I, I like got this sort. Like, I completely jumped on the movie for him. And well, when the Merovingian was gone, like <laughs> when the Merovingian, excellent. <laughs> Stop looking like a homeless guy. I was like, I can't take this movie serious. <laughs> I know, <laughs> And that, that's the problem with the show, though. It's like, you're kind of wondering, should I, t- should I really take this seriously, though? Because I know it, it's supposed to connect with... It's supposed to be a continuation of what we saw before, right? But should I really take this seriously, though, given all this meta stuff in it? You know what I mean? Um, but one thing, though, this... this I, I keep saying last thing, right, before I get to written, right? Um, I just feel like, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a follow-up person. Like, at least, you know, we could have seen what, what happened to, to, to Morpheus. Because I feel like after he does his whole revival thing of... of um, of uh, Trinity, I could be wrong, you know. Maybe if I watch it over, I'll see. I feel like you know he he was just like kind of pushed aside, and it was just all about Trinity and Neo and them doing what they had to do. You know what I mean? Like so, he didn't really see, you know, what happened to her. Sorry, to him or um or um or Bugs or even Naomi as well too. Even the people in the in the crew in the crew as well. Like like uh, you know what I mean? Is is their fight still gonna continue? Um, how things are going to change now that Neo and Trinity are back together? I don't know. I guess we'll see in the sequel, right? So um, what I was just saying, I'll just give you a rating one time. Um, I'm going to give this a strong two and a half out of five. Boy. Uh, see this if you want to. Um, if you really, really insist on seeing it, though, I would say take your time. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't rush into it unless you're like really curious to see what the big deal is. Um, I do see this having like cult um, cult classic value on the oh, yeah. long run like people are gonna go back to this and be like wow this was like the first, or probably one of the few times that you know somebody followed up on such an impactful trilogy fans, with this better commentary and all these things yeah yeah and, and fans are gonna like really gravitate to like real diehard fans and you know you'll see videos five ten years from now talking about why this is such a superior sequel compared to reloaded and revolutions right 
Um, that being said, though, I find that it relied too much on meta. I find it relied too much on nostalgia. I felt like, you know, and as, as a result, though, it just didn't feel as inspired as all that. I felt like the action scenes just had no oomph to it, no impact to it, right? I remember this was a, this was a, a, a series based, practically based on delivering just over-the-top and grandiose action scenes, right? I mean, like I said, nobody ever saw the Burly Brawl before. And it's funny that literally a year later, Stephen Chow, the great Stephen Chow, parried this in the great uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Like, you know, and I always made the joke that, like, Audio Wachowski's called, oh, nobody's going to copy this. Nah, nah, nah. And then Kung Fu Hustle comes like, yeah, bitch, I do it. <laughs> so I love that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's how I felt. It's like, yeah, bitch, I can't do that trick. It's awesome, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I felt like for a, a, a franchise that is essentially, an, you know, about action, you know the action action scenes themselves just felt kind of blah. They just felt kind of uninspired, right? Um, even you know the the the, the visual effects just kind of were blah and uninspired to me. Um, I forgot to mention there's actually a moment involving Sati looking at this sort of wishing well kind of thing, and she just seeing things play out. Like the backgrounds in that in particular, I felt look really like fake though. Like I know it's supposed to be artificial. I guess that's the point. That's the right. that's the word I should use. But it just came off a little too, you know. Too clean, too polished. I understand it's not meant to be like the other films where they're all grimy and dirty and dark. But still, it just had this kind of sheen to it that just didn't work, you know what I mean? Um, but I do see myself rewatching this, um, well, maybe months from now, I guess. I'm not going to rush into this as soon as, right? Um, but I don't know. I just kind of nonplussed by it as a whole, man. Like, I want to like it for its, you know, meta commentary and, you know, it, you know, trying to up, uh, one up itself and whatnot. But I just felt like, you know, just like the nostalgia films that we that we kind of critique these days, it was just, you know, the same thing all over again. Just, you know, with Matrix and just more philosophy and more commentary and, you know, um, you know, our times, you know what I mean? But um, it's not it's not trash. And, you know, I, I, I myself didn't feel like I was wasting my time, but I did come out of this admittedly uh, disappointed. Right. So that's just me. Uh, Michael, uh, final thoughts and, you know, written. So, uh, so my last, um, uh, my last thoughts is well. First of all, I'll start with the uh, like just some appreciation for what Lana was able to do, because as much as I, am a fan of the original trilogy and and everything, I'm not so stiff that I can't understand, you know, from an author's perspective that things should also be allowed to change based on the artist. Right. And I do appreciate that. Like the style is different, a lot of things are different, and I don't want to overmarry myself to, oh, this not looking like the original Star Wars, so I vex, right? Um, but at the same time, I felt like um, a balance was still required, and she went a little too far with some of it, and that was where I got lost from the movie because there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, you guys really covered a lot of the points, right? Um, a lot of the stuff that's really good with it. But sadly, you know, it's, it's just those other elements. Like, the comedy was a big no for me. Um, I was on board for some of it, not for all of it. The meta thing, like Matt said, I'm, a, I'm on Matthew's side with the meta stuff. They went a little too far to the point where I was, like, derealizing out of the movie when there was, again, Warner Brothers and all this stuff. I was like, okay, y'all, y'all going real far here. It was a little touch too much for me. Um, you know, I miss... The very carefully, uh, almost handcrafted visual style of the old ones with the Kung Fu, especially. Um, it it, 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 it kind of harkened back to so much of those old, really great, um, refined westerns and Kung Fu movies from the olden days. I felt like 
that was too much of a hallmark in the franchise to abandon completely, um, you know, for something more contemporary and, and, and kind of dull. So for me, you know, like, like my initial point going into it it, it, it will always be a marble for me. There's some things in it I really absolutely can't stand, but there's a lot of things I appreciate. And, um, you know, I, I, will, I will need time to figure out where it will sit with me in terms of the four movies that exist, like in terms of my favorites to not so favorite. I can't really say right now, because like, like uh, Matt said, I, I would probably watch it again in a couple of weeks later down the road just to see how I feel about it. But for me, like I would give it right now, I would say I can't go further than maybe a five or six out of ten um, because of some of them um, uh, <laughs> transgressions that I just can't get over. And, and one of them especially was uh, that analyst stuff and, and, and the monologuing and all that stuff. It just was just too goofy for me. Um, but but overall, I, you know, I, I wasn't mad at it when I watched it. Um, like I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I was still a lot of Matrix in there. And Keanu, for what is worth, he still he more or less had a consistent performance as Neo. Like I didn't feel like I was worried that he was, he was just going to be John Wick in Matrix. But somehow he managed to, I don't know if you rewatched the old movies or what he did, but I did feel like that was Neo, which is something I was kind of worried about, right? Because you're doing John Wick back to back now at this point. Um, I think that basically paying all his bills. Um, so yeah, I would say I would say in closing, I would say about a five, maybe maybe a six out of ten. All right, all right. Uh, Tracy, um, last words if you want to throw in a spoiler to and return. I'll just give you. Hold on a second. Um, I'll just give you a few of the thoughts that I had scribbled down. I kind of really dug the um, the Smith. Tom, as he called him, the Smith-Tom dynamic. For me, it was kind of a, and I'm not really much of a shipper or anything like that, but it was kind of a, this is my, this is my boyfriend's boyfriend, uh, because <laughs> there was a vibe there with him, and I was like, I, I like that, I like that. Uh, Sati, for me, felt like she should have been played out a little bit more, because clearly she is the new Oracle, post that whole Smith invasion of her. I was um, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say so, that, that she should have been new Oracle. She, that's that's basically who she was. Um, right. Because, exactly. I mean, you watch how, and, and I'm, I'm going to use the word groom, um, but you watch how the Oracle was grooming her yeah. when her parents went missing, and, you know, she's there, she's showing how to do the cookies, and we all know the, the hilarity of the cookies and what that means, and even the idea of um, the cat and her post, you know, all the mess that happened and everything like that, I envisioned that she would have been being groomed, that if something happens, because we already know that the Oracle... You know, when you when she made decisions, there were consequences, and that's how they explained the change of actress um, and the change of face. Right. Uh, you know, you would have ex the idea for me would have been that okay, if there is something that is, let's say, tomorrow morning, the Oracle as we knew it no longer exists or can't be here, that Sati would have been it, um, and that would have been cool. So there are things about that, you know, that I felt like could have been stretched a little bit more. There is a line in here, I think it is, I think it's Morpheus. No, it's either Morpheus or the analyst. He says, uh, you don't give a shit about facts, it's all about fiction. And that, he's kind of explaining. Yeah, the analyst, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. the whole reality. I, for one, I'm one of those people, I very much uh, liked the, um, the analyst because he's <laughs> one part tech boy, the technical boy, yeah. um, American Gods. So he's one part technical boy, and 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 CC, you're right. He does have that 
uh, God complex. So how I looked at it is because this is the this is the rise of the new gods. And yes. so you have because as much as I, I, I love the architect, the real the real um, hero, so to speak, of the machine world should have been um, the Oracle, because he himself said that his mind was 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 wrapped up in, in, in mathematics and logics and stuff that he couldn't until she came up with the idea of giving people the choice and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So right. when the analyst comes in and starts explaining, look, listen, this is how I'm going to operate things and this is how how it is and this is how my matrix is. I'm like, OK, so with every generation, every generation, every iteration, every reincarnation of the scene, there is like a new, uh, uh, a new leader, a new god, a new whatever, somebody who takes the rule. And so the architect is gone with his, you know, um, KFC beard and uh, <laughs> Colonel Saunders. And now, you know, we have the young, relatively dashing Neil uh, Patrick Harris with his fur optical shades, um, glasses, sorry. And so I kind of, I kind of like that. Uh, there were, like I said, for me, parts of the beginning um, really felt a little bit annoying. There were some quotes that I, I really like. I have here quietly yearning for what you're, you're living your life, quietly yearning for what you don't have and fearing losing what you do have or what you do. Right. And that is legitimately where we are as a, as a, as a people. I mean, half of us as a, you know, want to be like, I'm going to quit my job and do exactly what I really want to do out of this life. And at the same point in time, that's, doesn't make any sense. You're fearful of doing things and losing shit. Um, there was uh, okay. I'll say this: the relationship between uh, General Niobe and I can't even remember her name, but you get the idea that they may have been a little bit more than friends. They may have actually been, you know, lovers or something. Right. Yeah. Um, she's like ninety years old. She probably moved. You know. <laughs> and and General Haras. I forget. His yeah. Name. Yeah. Lock. You know, I could I could never remember okay. his name either. Um, yeah, Lock. Lock, I think is his name. Yeah. I felt mm -hmm. like they could have explored that a little bit more. Like they could have explored that. Um, yeah, like in a six to eight episode run. You know, okay, right. I, okay, I will I will grant you with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> in terms of the miniseries, because like okay, there's a thing that happened in the end of Rise of Skywalker that to this day still pisses me off. It is the ten seconds. It is literally 10 seconds. They have all <laughs> saved the day. And the doctor, who we got like a five-minute thing in in, in in The Last Jedi, um, she turns to her to her lover, who I, was a mechanic or something like that, and kisses her in all of six seconds. And then Disney, well, not even Disney, it was JJ, comes out and talks about, we have our first on-screen romance, on-screen lesbian romance. I was like, that's not how I, you do I, representation. I think they China. Well, of course they did. Now y'all, uh, now y'all reminded me of Rise of Skywalker. Now I'm pissed off. Now no, <laughs> that, that shit really annoyed me because when you start talking about representation, you, but anyway, that's another conversation. So it didn't feel like that. Um, it didn't feel like that, but the fact that it reminded me, like my brain immediately went down for like, eh, you gotta explain that a little bit more. That's a height scene. Um, I do have the the last note that I have here on my document was. Save the Trinity, save the world, um, a la heroes, you know, the cheerleader. Um, and so for me, that was that was nice. I liked the idea of giving Trinity a family that she has to choose between of and uh, the idea of the swarm mode. I felt like that was a, a beautiful way of saying, OK, it's not just 
uh, a position where uh, a trans, let's see what I'm looking for. Basically, it's not just a, a random position with a whole head and body and everything turns into an agent, but there is a swarm mode and I, I actually quite like it. I, um, I'm going to give this a seven and a half out of 10. I had fun. I can even tell you right now the order of it. It's one, three, four, and two. Uh, which is hilarious because two bleeds into three, and that's how how it works. But if I had to go, it would be one, three, four, and two. Um, but yeah, seven seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, that works for me. I have it. I will obviously go back to HBO Max and watch it again. Um, and I have the soundtrack, so that's always going to be fun. That's the other part about it. I feel like this could have been a good opportunity. Zach did this thing where when he did his six-hour movie, he brought back who he was uh, doing. Six hours. Actually, actually, it was four hours. Was it four, four hours? hours? It was a nine-hour movie. It's a nine-hour movie. <laughs> it his, felt his, so long. His 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 fit his his hour movie. He actually brought back um, the guy who's blanking oh. me right now, but he brought back the guy. So I would have loved to have had um, Juno reactor. Um, come back and actually do the score as a famous dude and uh, somebody else who did the score which is a very nice score and i have it and i and it's cool but it would have been fun to bring back the original composers on it i don't know what that cut-up scene would have been like but yeah seven and a half out of ten that's it for me all right and since uh, ricardo and um and, and cc gave away their their readings already uh <laughs> daniel <laughs> Wow, boy! Shame wow. on you! Shame on you! <laughs> I'm sorry, right, Daniel. You close the show off. Uh, final thoughts, meeting. If you want oh, to, yeah, I think I've seen one of the ships place. from Independence Day outside there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! This is for shame. Yeah. So, so Daniel, final thoughts, meeting. True, and a spoiler too, if you need to. Okay, uh, where do I start with this? Uh, the the humor is an issue for me. Like, the, that Matrix humor is not working. Uh, the, and as Michael said earlier, like, the, the whole meta thing kind of went overboard in the first act for me. It's like, I really wasn't vibing with this at all. So it's like, uh, the action scenes were not particularly inspired uh but i will say it was a missed opportunity for sati to be the oracle and that, that was my whole idea that was my whole idea for like a, a matrix spin-off uh for, for because she is an exiled she's an exiled program and because she doesn't, she didn't have a purpose. What an what an opportunity for like a a character like that to really have her own arc and become the oracle. Uh, overall, I can't say that I liked this movie. I'll say that um, I'll give it like a four to a five out of ten. That's my rating. All right. Wow. That's 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 pretty low though. But uh, but I understand. So yes, folks, as you've picked up here, this is a very divisive film. Um, you know, I mean, some some people will lo love it and some people will loot it, right? But um, you also, know, known as, to... also known as a Wachowski movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> For real, eh? Yeah, boy, yeah, boy. Yeah. You know I mean? It, it, it's the auto theory, you know, and it still exists, right? 
So uh, yeah. Also, oh, when, when I when I was um when I was offline, did y'all when y'all mentioned uh, Smith and Neo's relationship as a kind of a homoerotic kind of thing, like um. Oh, it definitely. Always was. It, it was. I didn't it catch always that. Always was. I didn't catch that oh, in the previous movies, though. It definitely always was. Nah, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. This one, yeah. This one it up. This one it up. At one point when I was watching them have their whole dialogue, I was like, this this seems sexual in charge. I have such <laughs> dreams. You know, you know, like, inside right? man. Like, am I saying like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, what, like, what's going on here? And Tom, ooh, Tom stuff, uh, Tom. <laughs> I mean, as I say, in the, in the first film, Neo went inside him. So, from his from his systematic control and all that shit. I just, I mean, like I say, I'm not a, I am personally not a shipper, but there have been a few people in pop culture, but that I look at it and be like, yeah, that's a couple. But when I at, when I listen to that whole, I would I have such new in the original trilogy. <laughs> um, was real loving off on you like constantly no but in, in, the, first, in the first film the big catch that was the big catch of the first film that that smith was rebelling as well that he pick up hey i kind of don't want to do this anymore kind of thing now so he was like super obsessed with neo to break free now he's like oh well i have a window out and this person I have to design myself around this person entirely and so on and so forth so when the sequels come around it's like yeah we connected we're connected <laughs> You say yeah, like so you sense our connection, you and I. Ideas are ideas. Like when you think about the idea, and that's the problem I have with this movie. Like, the ideas are there, but the way they do it, like, these things so sensitive with audiences, you have to find the right way to make it work. And right. I think that's, that's why I'm divided about the movie, because there are a lot but, of really good ideas here, but yeah, it's just the way that they... They, right. they executed it now, was my yeah, issue. Uh, as I said, uh, six, six, six to eight episodes would have sorted all of this out, to be honest. Yeah, uh, easily. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, um, The Matrix, even though this was long before, um, I, I talked about the idea of the lens, right? And and what lens you pull from this to, to make it work. You know, a lot of people, the original Matrix was was across the board. That's why it works so well and, well, you know, good Kung Fu, right? Uh but the lens of the is what shaped the sequels. And this one is all lens. Like if you read it from a specific lens, especially a, a, a trans lens, um, a lot of it, you know, is great and works. And well, I'm not sure if, if transgender people really double it down to defend it and, and circling the wagons, not sure. But yeah, the film is work, works as it is. For me, why it works is I, I read it as just a colonial slash new colonialist lens where mm. first is tragedy, then it's fast. You know, the stuff will go on and then it'll come back, and it'll come back in a such an obvious and ridiculous sense, but it's the same evil and threat coming back. And even if the good guys, sorry, if, even if you, the bad guys has rallied, it don't mean you're a failure. And that's why I think this, this works so well um, for what it is. Um, as I said, 68 episodes on HBO Max as a, as a series run, once per week, uh, would have been would have served this better, right? It's pure format. I think it works as a failure, um, as it is. Um, yeah, I, I would have loved to see this just um, play out better and, you know, it's really unfortunate. But look, it, the way it ends, it ends like a kind of new reboot in a sense. Like the way it ends is such a new Trinity. So it's still open for something like that. And I would love to see that, to be honest. That is my last point. I can't see, I can't see me watching this anytime soon. I need, I need this to marinate. 
I need this to mind. I, 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 think, I think we all do. At least most of us do, man. Um, I'll agree with yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, uh, guys, you know, I mean, for those who listen to this, uh, feel free to share your thoughts on, you know, uh, the Matrix Resur- uh, Resurrections. Uh, particularly if you think it's a worthy follow-up to the previous um, three films. I think that's like the, the main question that um, people will be pondering on, right? Well, maybe not so much pondering on um, as to whether this, this fits in the whole Matrix universe, right? Uh, so, you know, thanks guys for coming through. Um, by the way, um, I know this was real last minute and, you know, real over the, well, all over the place and stuff, but I had a blast talking about this guys. Like, like, so oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what we normally do before we part ways, you know, this is your chance to, you know, just plug each other, just let you know, um, let people know where you can be found online. Right. So, uh, Michael, where can people find you online? See, they want to know when, when that, <laughs> no, no, I, I did not. I did not. Right? Because I just too, I just I just left all social media yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Bravo. You are Bravo, my guy. How would people know, Drew? So, Alright, let me give let me give you my number and address. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that's <laughs> not that personal. Not that personal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, boy. Well, but wait, but wait. Okay, yeah, are, are you taking a break from social media for for the holidays and your resume? Yeah. And his... yeah, okay. The holidays and to and to, to focus a little bit on the new film, which I will plug. I'll plug the film. It's called Black oh. Sky. So what I'm working on, and that has social media pages we just launched. So you okay. can find that. Um, actually now populating them so they're probably very infantile but uh yeah you could probably look there and, and then i will pop up somewhere at that point but yeah right now i'm on a social media vacation so yeah i i, I got you if if, if only i could i could do do that way but uh, sorry are... i just had a i just had a macro people i just had to see what you're up to and shit right but yeah. um <laughs> yeah but but for those who didn't pick up any title it's called black sky um that will that should be out in 2022 keep your fingers crossed right uh daniel where can we find you online you can find me on Facebook, Daniel Lamyong, as well as at Daniel Lamyong at Instagram. Those are the two social media that I frequently use. All right. Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm a sat, R-M-E-D-D-Y, at R-M-E-D-D-Y, R-D-M on Twitter. And then type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You can find me there. Tracy, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram as we are Tracy, one word, we are Tracy. And then basically everywhere else as Tracy J. Hutchings. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, CC, where can people find you online? If in you want the basement. To be in the basement <laughs> of your in the basement of your local library, where they keep all the fun movies. Uh, uh, no, you can find me online at Spotify, Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, and Instagram as CC the under, underscore the underscore Martian. Uh, I. Yeah, and also on my and that, that is the same account that I have my YouTube page. I've got a couple uh, short films on there, a couple edits and things like that, and a lot of playlists on my Spotify, and then opinions on my letterbox. So yeah. All right. Um, to in in the description to this in, sorry in the description to this uh, episode here, you will find a link tree link. So if you click on it, you will find my YouTube. You'll find my uh, Twitter. Instagram and Facebook. On that Facebook and on the YouTube, you'll find um, excerpts of you know um, the of previous episodes of uh, BBB Radio, uh, BSB and Bailey, and of course retrospect reviews. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, guys, thanks so much for coming through. Uh, we have one more episode to go. That will be just the best and worst of 2021. Um, I, for one, uh, can't wait for this year to end. Um, just on a, you know, a personal and, you know, just public note. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, we, we got some pretty interesting films this year, though. I, I must say, we did. Like, um, yeah, like, we actually got a new Matrix movie, right? Like, think about that for a sec, right? After, like, what? Um, after, like, what? 18 years, right? So, think about that, I think right? it was, yeah. Yeah, no, I was. It was, it was, it was, it was like, I wish like it was better. I, yeah. I will say, I will say for this year's, um, it's it's this year's film output. When I when I was on your show last year and I did the and we did the best films, I only had one from twenty twenty one from twenty twenty when we did this, but I actually have five of my oh nice 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 because i want I, I want to know that you actually like looked at films from this year like look, stuff I that Ricardo and I talked about. <laughs> Look, I, I I do my best, but like, again, I'm in the is, face. Is, is it too much? I'm I'm sorry if it's too much. I mean, this this <laughs> actually shockingly, there's a lot of great movies that came out this year. Like like sort of. Yeah, there have been. No, there've been some great. Like I watched Nightmare Alley only a few like we only like last weekend, and that was like absolutely excellent. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I still haven't seen it because it's not instead of turning out because we suck. <laughs> Why is my voice like this? I don't know. Oh, sorry. It's yeah, next year. And next year. Coming out next well, year. Next year, January. Yeah. Uh, then, you, then, you, then you can put on your best of 2022 list. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. guys, I, I hope you all enjoyed our, our t- uh, talk on, you know, Hawkeye and Matrix Resurrections, right? And that's go. pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you this. This was Matt Chibili and Ricardo Medina. Thanks again for coming uh, through. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Michael Rochford, yep. thanks so much for coming through. Looking forward to hearing you in the future. Anytime. All right. Uh, CC Lilford, of course. I mean, looking forward to hearing your, your best and worst stuff. I already know what your worst stuff is for 2021. You don't have to shake <laughs> here. But, uh, you know, looking forward to, to you coming through for the finale. Of course, very excited to be there. And uh, for you, all you at home, uh, don't go chasing rabbits. Uh, Jefferson Airplane would is be very concerned if you do. That's what he go. That's what he go. Most said, Oh yeah. Aha. Aha. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for for coming through, man. Yeah, man. No problem. Whenever you need me next, just give me hit me up. Sure, sure, sure. No problem. And Tracy, we had to of do, do Spider Man next year. Spider Man next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh Lord. boy. <laughs> and <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. No, you you, you trim off for that one. No, that was good. That was good. And uh, Tracy, thanks again for for coming through. I can do this all day. <laughs> yes. no, um, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. No. Note to self, I'm gonna I'm gonna queue that up for, uh, for Christmas. I'm going to play that right frigging now. That's a ringtone by now. It should be. It should be. No, since, listen, since I put um, uh, Hans Zimmer's, Diana's theme from Wonder Woman, it hasn't changed. But that is that's, that song of itself is going to be on my, my, my phone playing, you know, like nonstop. So, yeah, that's going to happen. All right. I, I, I need to, like, I, I had uh, one of the, I had the over um, uh, Wonder Vision team as Marine at a point of time, um, but uh, but I've changed it, right? I don't know if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna make any changes for for next year, but we'll see. Yeah, for next year, you know, changes, right? Uh, yeah, and this has been another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. 
Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, um, Don't Drink and Drive, Bring Down the Ham, Take Care, Peace. May the Force be with you. Morpheus, Morpheus, Still whip, still whip, 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 still, right? Morpheus, 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 go eat some walruses. Morpheus, porridges. Morpheus, Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs>